to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. Hello, welcome back. I'm Oliver. I'm Charlotte. And welcome to the official first episode of Creep It in the Family after our introductory episode. Um, Today we will be talking about the fan favorite, well, our favorite. I'm so excited. Scream 1. Released in 1996. I did not know, so well done. Well, that's what my new jumper says, so I'm presuming it's 96. There you go. If you haven't seen that already, I'm sure it'll be on the Instagram page. It definitely is. Right, so. How do we want to do this? Overall, overall looks like what's your what if you had to describe the film to someone who'd never watched a horror before, never watched a scream, what would you describe it as? Oh gosh. Um okay, so I I would describe it as something that's so meta and so obvious that you do not get it right until the end. I feel like even and we talked we did a briefly talk about this because all the way through the podcast um, when we were researching it, we were watching it together and then we were like, oh, do you think this? Do you think this? And constantly through the podcast, we we're like, no, shut up because we're saving it for the recording. Yeah, we think we're going to have to watch them separate from now on because we have half our discussions while watching. But we repeat discussions anyway, so it's not that bad. But I do, I think it's so it's so obvious that it's not obvious. But even if I watched, if I, I just think if I watched it now and hadn't watched it before... I wouldn't know who the killer was. No, we, we were saying this. It's it's so well. It's it holds up so well today, considering it was made up in the nineties. Like yeah. it, it holds up with current horror films, if not outdoes them, I think. And you think you know when the you've got the idea of their phones not having the caller ID and things like that, but even that doesn't take away from like because in modern times it's all caller ID. So it, even that doesn't take away from the fact it's just such an amazing script and an amazing like directed piece. I enjoy the fact that it's not we we've. Horror films today, a lot of modern ones that are brought out, there's so much technology involved and the killer text and the text pop up on mm-hmm. screen and or um they're a different genre I suppose, but even on the what is it, unfriended, like it's all done through modern technology. Yeah. And I mean you've got to think about the T V series Scream as well, and I'm you know, I may ups- upset some people here, but you know, I'm not a massive fan. I enjoyed watching it while it was on, but I do think it was because it was such a stopgap between getting any news from the fifth film that yeah. it, I just sort of watched it because it was something to do with Scream, but it was it was just not it was not as good. See, I'm a sucker for Scream series. I really, it's I really enjoyed so them. The re- re- Resurrection was awful. Oh my god, what even I, was I, that? I think reviews on Scream series one and two would have been a lot better if it was allowed to use the original Ghostface mask. That's what I mean. That took a lot away from it because that's just so iconic and that is what Ghostface that mask represents a whole franchise. But then if they use the mask. Would it still have been the Brandon James story? Probably, because they, they then couldn't it, have done now. So it, did they have to twist it around? I don't know that actually. Did they have to make a new plot because Funworld didn't want to I th- release? I the think mask? they knew from the start they wasn't going to be allowed to use a mask. So oh. I don't know what would than if they was allowed to use it because it's always been a killer and been a name. It's been Ghostface. Yeah. It? Right. Yeah. Let's get get into the. So we'll talk about Act One, uh, Case's murder. Oh God! I mean, if you were going to start a horror film anywhere killing the celebrity off that was on all the posters and that you know the the way the trailer made it out that 
Casey was the Sydney character was unbelievable. So I just my only regret in life is that I was born too late to see it. In, I was just about to say. I this mean, it went I was straight to VHS. Age. It never actually. It, it never went to cinema in the UK. I don't think it went straight oh, to the VHS. UK. I was yeah, say it did hit box office, though, didn't it? it yeah, quite, I, I it might be lying well about that. I might be lying about that, but I do remember like this. I, I remember the statement straight to VHS because the advertisement for Scream, like so, when you were going through the trailers for other films before you watch Scream. Scream 2 was a trailer before, while Scream was still playing. I don't, I, I it don't It was weird. Know. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it is, I would, I would have to say it's the best, and I am biased, but it's the best You are opening. very biased. I'm so biased, but it is the it's best up there. Opening. It's up there for me. It's the first, like we said in, the, in last week's episode, it was the first horror I can recall watching. Yeah. Um, and I, I did get quite obsessed with it after a while. And then obviously I went for that patch when I was just shit scared. Of everything. But Everywhere. It, <laughs> like looking back on it now, like you've watched it quite a lot recently. And I, I that's yeah. a first, yesterday was the first time I've watched it in in not too long. Because I think we must have watched them over lockdown when we was watching our films and stuff. Or I, I definitely didn't watch. But I haven't watched it very recently. I, think we didn't, I don't think we actually watched it. I think we ended up watching Scream 3 for some reason. I remember us... Because it's the best. It, oh God, that that it was just, a joke. Do not, do not just, quote me on that. Scream that Three is in its own region, and then I have a lot of support for Scream Three. I quite like Scream Three, but we'll get onto that when we get to it. So, opening scene: Casey is home alone. Parents are out at night. Um, she gets a phone call from this guy. He's got quite a sexy voice going on. It's, I, I I put down it's quite a Ted Bus Ted Bundy esque. Yeah, it's just very charming, you, yeah, charismatic. It, it's good. But Billy is quite charming and charismatic. Spoiler: Billy's the killer alongside Stu. We'll just air that out right now. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> but you should have watched it. By yeah, then. but um, yeah, she's on the phone. It's quite flirty, and I think she's quite enjoying the attention. And I'm very surprised. I mean, I don't know whether she's being playful or not. But when he asks if she has a boyfriend and she says, mm, no, like that, mm. that's, I just think that's quite odd. And I do, but anyway, she's making popcorn, is asking about a scary movie, what her favourite scary movie is. I absolutely love the angle when she's talking about Halloween and then she lifts the knife. Yeah. And I just think that plays out really beautifully. Um, but I did, you know, but then obviously things go downhill from there. So it's that pivotal point, isn't it? The chatting. And, you know, they're enjoying the time together and it's like, why do you want to know my name? Ghostface as well. Well, uh, Billy is on the phone, we presume, at that point. We presume, yeah. It's so self-aware and meta straight from the start. And I like, Scream's one of the only films I can watch. And when it's trying to be self-aware and meta, I'm not cringing at it. I'm not thinking, oh, God, like, stop it. Mm -hmm. But it did start it off, I suppose. It was the one that... It was, it was it the got, original it got meta that did into that. It. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just plays so well. They're not trying too hard to include it. They're not trying to play on the words too well. And I think, after, uh, to be honest, I think only Scream has been able to do that properly. The only one that... I'd agree that did it properly despite it being a comedy is Scary Movie scary that follows movies, yeah, but They are based on... But it is films. very meta. Yeah, I agree. It's meta inside meta. And, I, you know, I, another controversial opinion, I love Scream. It's my favourite... I would say it's arguably one of my favourite films, but I love Scary Movie as well for what it is. When we was watching it yesterday, I keep, like, I, when there's, like, a, a scene happening, like, when Casey <laughs> was running, I, can, I just remember him stabbing her and pulling out a titty <laughs> So like it's 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 so annoying because I don't want to think of scary when I'm watching Scream, but I can't help it. it. Well, it was like when that scene between Dilly and Gail, we both went Gail swallows <laughs> yeah, straight away because we were just giggling at ourselves. But anyway, yeah, it's um, 
so it, it's that pivotal point and I really enjoy that point where it's all flirty and it's it's pretty harmless at that point and she says why do you want to know my name and then he says because yeah. I want to know who I'm looking at it's very subtle and it's the it's this very slight change in music it's her face as it drops and she realizes and I just that it even now just even speaking about it I've got goosebumps just thinking about it because it, it's just so cleverly done and you know also a little bit of humor there I think uh, it's quite funny how Wes Craven puts in the Freddy Krueger thing and uh, he said he likes the movies are scary and she says well yeah the first one was but the rest suck because Wes Craven didn't direct the rest of them yeah so I quite like that big up Wes Craven so then we get into uh, the attack after this phone call and we were saying when we was watching it one of our favorite bits is when the first third of he's put the window through she runs into the kitchen she grabs a knife Yes, she picks and then, up the knife And then she sees Ghostface run across oh, her hands Oh, God, up. that strikes and, but terror. But watching yesterday, I was like, oh, I love this bit, but I remember the first time I watched it. And, and it's it, the fear. And it's because it's a home invasion, it happens. Like, and I was like, oh, my God. And the, the Ghostface mask, the first time I saw it, it's one of the scariest masks, I think, going. Yeah. I think Michael Myers is scarier. I think when it's blanker, I feel like you get more fear because it's like the person behind it's not a person. Yeah. They've got no morals. Like yeah. it's just it's they're a killing machine. I would argue. I would agree. So well, I wouldn't argue. I'd agree. Michael Myers is probably scarier. I do agree. That but the with thing, that. like like we were saying last week, the thing about scariness is Michael Myers is is just a super a superhuman. He's just he's, he's not human. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the the because because this is very realistic and could actually happen. It adds that fear factor to it. Like, exactly. The, the, that this is probably happened. Obviously, probably not wearing a ghost face costume, but people have home invaded and, and killed people. Well, I've got more on that on fun facts a little bit later on. Right, so well, we'll be able to. Then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want to. We need to save them for the end. I wasn't going to tell you. So anyway, the attack happens, and just a little. I mean, I'm an English teacher. I'm putting it out there now, so I read symbolism into a lot of things. The actual popcorn itself popping builds with the tension of the scene so it's yeah. quite calm and nice and then it starts popping a little bit more when things start taking a turn for the worse when the chair goes through the window the porch well the door the glass door um the popcorn is smoking it's burning and that just really rep that popcorn tension actually matches that other film and i just think that's really cleverly done i really enjoyed that so let's get on to the questions he asks then, because we were discussing this, weren't we? Uh, and then stopped. Yes. So would I, I asked Charlotte um, if she was in that? You got to put yourself in in Casey's scenario there. Would you, when he asks a Friday the Thirteenth question, who was the killer in Friday the Thirteenth? Would you blur out and say Jason Voorhees? Because I think I definitely. I would, would have done. You hear Friday the Thirteenth, you think Jason Voorhees machete. That is what you go if, with. If you just came into my room now, like, like and I was. <laughs> drifting off on Xbox or something I said it was a killer in Friday the 13th I'd, I'd have to go Jason yeah. Voorhees now I mean if you're in a calm state of mind you're like okay Friday the 13th part 1 if we're having a horror trivia and I'm expecting yeah, this to try and Mrs. catch Voorhees. me out yeah whereas if you just ask Good me ask me blue but yeah I, I did enjoy that bit yeah and it's I, so clever and I like how it got that I have a question I mean there's there are things in this film and it is meant to be like how could they possibly physically do that and that is part of the meta side of it the idea that you know it doesn't always add up but how was Steve so quickly placed on the patio? That's what I always get confused at. Because he wasn't there when she had a back face in the patio earlier. So it must have been done pretty quickly. Uh, I'd have to recap on that video, the animation. that mm, what, what was it, Zach the, Cherry. Yeah, he did. Because it, 
it sounds like he justifies every every movement and every time. And he, mm. although he doesn't show the film on the on the video, he he says if you play the scene from start when I start animation, it's all in real time, so yeah. it'll it'll match up. And I did when I did watch it, I thought, oh, to be fair, that the only thing that you could say, um, if the, if that whole scene has been shot in real time, like they've still got Casey's body up on that tree extremely quickly. Yeah. But they're, they're little things like it's... Well, that's I don't, the point. I don't, yeah, I don't mind something like that as long as it's not completely beyond the realms of possibility. Maybe they did just get her up really quick. They had the rope ready and everything. Yeah. Whereas if something's like, well, that's impossible, then it kind of loses the effect for me. I'm like, whereas if 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 there's probable, like, if, if it could probably go ahead and it could happen even though it's unlikely, I can buy that. It's a film. It's Oh, yeah, it, and I understand. But I do people. think those bits are in there because I... I sort of argue on that point you know shifting a dead body around not that i speak personally from experience but shifting a dead body around it's a complete dead weight so whether you are the strongest person alive there is still going to be some of that weight on there to get them lifted get a lifted and around a tree it is i would argue quite near enough impossible for the amount of time that was spent so but i do think that that's what screams about it's the meta aspect again sometimes things can't possibly happen in that time frame and i do think it's commenting on that in the film and you know there are certain little bits like we get on to later with him being in the woods and then being in the supermarket and it's that silliness of the idea that it you know it doesn't happen and it probably wouldn't happen but it comment it screams making fun of the fact that so many films do it yeah and i do think it was purposely done in that terms but it's it's not it's not film ruining for me See, at I, all I, I am i am different i am like if something's impossible and it happens i kind of think uh like like, I don't mind if 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 it's some if you like we are now if you look very in depth in something and you realise a flaw, then it, it's it's fine because the, the most people aren't gonna look they're gonna watch a film turn it off and then not worry about it until they watch it next time. Yeah. Whereas when we're looking at films that we're gonna in depth review, um, if if it's so obvious that it couldn't work, then I'm kind of like, well, if the general public can catch on saying, well, how is that ever gonna happen? Yeah. Oh then no, I, I don't then I'd understand. Be like, oh, well, they probably should have thought about that differently. My only. My only problem with this is, and it's it's Drew Barrymore in a state in a complete state of fear, and this is why it's not a problem. But I just I look at the screen and I just think, Casey, ring the police because as soon as she hears that, I want to know who I'm looking at. If that was me, straight away the police would be wrong. Do you think? Yes, no, a hundred percent. Because that would I'm at home on my own. Look at the house; it's in the virtually the middle of nowhere, and. He says, like, you know, Ghostface gets into her head, Billy gets into her head and says the police would never make it in time. But actually, when you think about it, how long did it take for Sydney's 911 text to go through and for Deputy Dewey to be at a door? See, I, um, I disagree. Not saying your points. I disagree with your point. I, it, I'm a different person, and I'm a fanny anyway. So that it's speaking <laughs> from, like, I'm not going to try and act like I'm some baller who'd walk around the house and be like, step out. I'd, I'd shit myself. But if I heard that, one, I'd be second-guessing, saying, I thought he said something else. Like, Because at this point, there's been no kill other than Maureen Prescott, but the, which Cotton Weir was already locked up for at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd so I'd have thought, there's no there's no like recent, oh, there's been these phone calls and these attacks and these sightings. So I and I would just probably think it's some it's someone yeah. being a dickhead. And then when she gets to the points where, does, does he ever say it at any point, like, don't ring the police or... Like when she, but then he's, he he's says, on the f- "Don't hang up on me." But then he, he never. She says, "I'm calling the police," and he's like, "They'll never make it in time." That's really the only reference. See, I probably would then say, "Well, what other chance have I got? I either stay. I'd, I'd probably try and ring him then." 
But a lot of the time is spent on the phone with her. And then when they're off the phone, it's because they're breaking into the house. So. Yeah, and it's, it is the panic. But she does hang up a few times. And I do just think, Casey, ring the police. And she's in a state of panic. And I understand that. But I also know. But I am a 26-year-old woman. And she is only portraying a 16-year-old girl. Mm. So it's the idea that, you know, I've lived in Dad's house all my life for for weekends you know if somebody ran say, who the fuck have I been seen well then? since I was six I but you, when we were at... stopping at like no. <laughs> lived there I was like have you I have actually been living at dad's oh right yeah so but no I've been I've been at my dad's every weekend since I was very young and it only it stopped when I was about 13 but I am a regular there I house sit for them in October I am house sitting at some point and if I got a phone call like that even as even as a woman of twenty six years old, if I got a phone call like that, being in a house I'm still familiar with, even surrounded by other houses, I would be on that phone to the police because I would it would put me on edge. At that point in the film, I don't even think police would turn up because all she's saying is someone's prank called me and they said they're looking at me. They're not gonna. I think once they started giving more information away and saying like describing the house, but at that that point obviously there's a one and a one. Yeah, at. I mean that's fair. I know that's not a re- yeah. that's not an excuse to not ring the police. You'd still ring them anyway. Oh yeah, it's not. I don't it's think not that my... would have changed. Even if she rang them, I don't think that would have changed yeah, the situation. It, it's not my for God's sake, Casey. So stupid. I understand why she didn't. I get it, but it, it's more the it's more the me being upset. Like don't die. Yeah. Like Casey, just ring the police. Ring someone. And the fact that she didn't make it in time because she was such a cute character in a little fake blonde wig. I'm definitely going as Casey Beckett if there's a Halloween this year for anything. I might just walk around the house like it because I've already planned it out. Um, so the uh, the actual death of Casey then. So um, you pointed out something quite nice about uh, Billy's character that I didn't know because we actually talked about it um, when Casey was being strangled. And I said, yeah, but do you think that's Stu who actually kills her? Because he, he sort of, his knife wavers in midair. And you came up with something I actually hadn't heard of before. And I was really interested in the fact that Billy liked to strangle his yeah, victims. Yeah, in, in, in all his victims, he, he strangles them beforehand. Yeah. Does it with, tries to do it with Sydney uh, when, when they, were, they break into her house the first yeah. time. Does um, it with Casey? Does it with Casey. And then I think there's another point in the film where he does it. Yeah, but yeah, that and I only know that because I've been watching recently, like other people's reviews and in depth. But I thought that was really interesting. I've never heard that take on it before, and it and does definitely make sense. This is where I think did Wes Craven plan that? Like, did he plan it so that because ultimately, like Wes knows that the the, the majority of the money in the box office is just general public, but he knows there's some people out there who who take it seriously and be like, well, I want to oh, know, definitely. I want to know who killed who. So, you do you think he he gave the characters? They, did you think he? purposely said to Billy you strangle before you kill so people who look more in depth can work out who's killed who and what hand that like in future screens what hand they hold the knife in and stuff like yeah, that yeah it's an odd one it's, do you think uh, he was that much of a genius or did it just fall I mean, into place I think he, he did it I, I think mean, he must West have done I mean Craven is I, you know what if there's one you know you get those questions where it's like if you could have five if you could meet five people at a dinner party alive or dead who would you invite Wes Craven would be one of them I'd just love to ask him so many questions not just about Scream but Nightmare on Elm Street loads you know any lots of things he's directed and he is a fantastic director and it's a shame that he did pass away but I am excited to see how the ready or not directors deal with the new screen that'll be quite interesting is that who's doing it yeah it's what's ready or not i've watched it i know not, I it's where they um the she's just got married and then they play a game and it's hide and seek but they think they're under a curse 
I've never actually seen is that it. Not but truth I've just or read dare? It. No, truth or dare is where they have the big mouth. Have the big mouth. Oh god, that creeps me out. Really or not? I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, they. We'll watch it. We'll it make sure it's familiar. It's I'm quite sure a good I've, one though. I'm sure I've, I've watched it. I've never actually watched it myself, but I've seen enough of the plot line to know what it's about. But yeah, it uh, it doesn't look bad. So Casey gets killed. You hear, um, you hear two people. On the, well, something that I learned by watching these screen reviews is when they are on the. When Casey's getting dragged away and her mum's on the phone, like saying to the oh. can you hear it? And I never realised until I watched one of these reviews that you hear someone go, hey, like what? So it was either Billy or Stu, like calling the one over to come come help him. Yeah. And I think that's that's genius. Like, it's if we were saying this when we watched it yesterday, it's once you know who the killer is, it's so, so in your obvious. face. It, but the, I think it's in your face so much, even when you aren't watching but it, it, but because it's so obvious. See, I think it's because when you don't know the killers, you suspect everyone. So rather than monitoring on just how Bill and Sue are acting, you're acting on how the principal's acting, how the sheriff's acting, how yeah. our friends are acting. Whereas when you're, the, when you're the killer, like when you know the killer is in them scenes, you're only watching how they are to see yeah. like, oh, do they give and it away? And you pick things up that you wouldn't normally pick up in a film. I do agree with that. I, but... I think that's just the, the way the human mind works. Like once we know, we want to see more in depth when that's when you pick up on it. Like the looks will give each other and stuff and you mm -hmm. think... Let's just put it in front of our face who it is, but when you don't know, you don't know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try and get Shah to watch it this weekend if I go to hers, um, because she's never watched it. And I said if you want to listen to the podcast, it'll help a lot if you watch the film. So I'm, I'm gonna not tell her anything. It'll be interesting to see. I'm gonna see if she, she guesses because who it you is. know, I suppose you know the, the person who I go to the most, who I would have thought, like it, re looking back now, if I'd have not known what I know now. I'd have thought maybe Randy had something to do with it because of his knowledge, <coughs> because he's obviously a suspect as well. But it's it's just as obvious as Billy and Stu. Mm. But because you know Billy and Stu now, you pick up more. But it was, uh, I mean, it's it, it it's interesting. You could talk for days about the theories, but I just want to like draw attention to the and it, the, you know the parents don't have a big role. Casey's parents don't have a big role, but the scream. That leaves that mother's mouth, yeah. like when she sees a dot. Like it, my eyes just, my eyes blur. Like I nearly cry every single time I watch it. Oh, it's well, it's it's. Th th this is another thing. I think when when um, see, I don't know because I went around in them time, but I don't think particularly other than uh, Drew Barrymore, the cast wasn't very well known. No, I mean Nev Campbell the, was on Part of Your Five. I, I don't think there's any bad acting in there. There's, no, it's solid. Matthew Lillard, I think, steals a show for me. Yeah, he, he played because he he took a character that apparently wasn't supposed to have that much of a thing and made it and made it one of the most entertaining characters Definitely. to watch okay so we cut to uh sydney's bedroom so casey's just been gutted and kate and sydney is typing away at a computer she looks so young in this film i forgot how young she looks because i've seen the second third and fourth ones i feel so much more than the original that you forget how young she is and uh all of a sudden billy pops up out of nowhere from the window um, crawls in, she helps him in, she's asked, you know, it's clear they're very close, she asks him what he's doing there, and um, Dad knocks on the door, so he has to hide. Dad opens, she opens the door. We notice it's a little bit of a play there, the idea that when the dad tries to open the door, it locks. Yeah. Whoever architecturally designed that house would have got a massive bollocking, well, but it actually, saved a life. it saved a life, well, so did it, did it we all need one of those. Because was it going to kill it? But that's, oh we'll God, get on to, no, we'll get get on to that. that scene. Um, I just want to draw up the attention. I mean, I know it's the whole idea of being meta and it wouldn't have been the story if it had stayed, but who leaves their 16-year-old daughter on the anniversary of her mother's death for the first year on business? Who does that? Neil Prescott, you flannel 
wearing jerk. You've it's it's one of them, and it? it's just. But, but you know what I mean. I know I know what you mean, like, but it, like when I first watched that film, I never thought that. But because we've watched it so many times and looked into yeah. it, um, I I actually really enjoy the way Billy's portrayed in this scene because I think that the thing I the, the thing I like about the, the, this film is you you can make you can make your own mind up on how the characters are. Like to some people, Stu would have seemed like. An obnoxious dickhead, but yeah. I'd have seen him as I like before I knew he was a killer, he was just like a young lad, like just messing just about. an idiot, yeah. And Billy is kind of he's not he's not portrayed as an like a like a suspect that like he is a suspect for the whole film, but so are plenty of others, but they don't like divert it to him yeah. to make you think, Oh yeah, he's such a bad guy because he when when the when Billy tries to put it on Sydney and he's like, you know, I'm not rushing you, like I'm I don't even know if I'm ready yet, blah blah blah. Makes you think, oh, he's an alright lad, he's not He's not being a dickhead. He's not being like, no, why, why don't, why are we not having sex? Why, why don't you touch me and all this? He's actually being quite calm. And I thought when I was watching it yesterday, I thought that's good because it doesn't make you hate him. Like, no one, he doesn't try and force you to hate him. I disagree massively. I think that Billy was the biggest dickhead in that scene. I feel it was by him going. She didn't want to. She, you can see, she's sixteen years old. It's a, you know, she's clearly got some trauma after her mother's death. She doesn't want to do it and is saying, you know, the first thing, I was watching The Exorcist and it made me think of you. A, what the fuck? And B, you know, that it saying, adding on to it that it was cut for TV so all the good bits were cut out. And, you know, that is putting pressure on somebody, whether it's not explicit or not. From a girl's perspective, and this is one you won't get because certain things you can put into a boy's perspective and certain things you can put into a girl's. But I watch... And I don't know whether it's because I work with teenagers as well, but I watch Nev Campbell in that scene and I feel so bad because she is being coerced in that scene. And I, I, I disagree. I, I just think he's, he's tried his luck. It's not worked. And he didn't moan. He didn't complain. He didn't make her feel bad. He didn't make her feel like she was doing something wrong. But he did implicitly. That That's what I mean by the idea. Like, no, he did. To, to the front-facing audience, okay, yeah, he, you know, he said he was only half serious, but... There was another half of him that was serious, so it's and mm, clearly. I, I think that's looking too in depth. I think he just, I just think he was, he was respectful in the way that she rejected him. Not, we'll, we'll agree to disagree because I could, I could talk about this for ages. And he's greasy. He's a very greasy boy. Yeah, but that's that was a nineties. Yeah, but wasn't it, 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 that's it what was they found it, attractive. Yeah, but it was, it wasn't attractive to me until he was psychotic, and then I was like, oh, actually, yeah, you were quite good looking there. Which says probably a lot about my taste in the male perspective. Anyway, so um, we've got we go we cut to the scene of the school. So they're all going in. Um, Sydney's quite upset. Uh, we find out Casey sat next to her in English, and they're all getting interrogated one by one. So Sydney goes in, and you've got Lafons, the principal. I didn't know his name. Um. Well, he. <laughs> mm. Hmm. Suspect, yeah, that is that is that weird is behavior. Weird. That is but not that's, that's put in there because they want you to think everyone's got a, a that. No one in that film, I'd say, bad Dewey maybe gets gets a. There's like something creepy about everyone. There's something that makes things yeah, like, come to them. Dewey, you, you suspect Dewey because it was such a curveball. That's why you suspected him, not because of any of his characteristics. Yeah, because you were looking and thinking, oh, him. but everybody's a suspect, but Dewey, so it must be. Yeah, Dewey. that that's what. Whereas. The, yeah, the principal was Yeah, so he, he sort of like reaches out and like fondles stroke, stroke the chin. chin. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking weird. Little, little, little chin stroke. And uh, 
you know, he's like, you okay? And she's, you, you, I, I just, it, oh God, it's just, just so uncomfortable. Just doesn't sit right, doesn't it? It's uncomfortable. But back, back then, maybe that wasn't as big as a deal as what it would have been now. Like, because of how much more, um, you've got to be careful because it's a dangerous ground. Because of how much more publicised it is and people get called out on that type of thing. Yeah. Like, back then, times were different and stuff like that could just get pushed under the rug. Yeah, and there, prob- there probably was a lot of teachers who, who I'm not saying were, were, were paedophiles, nonces, but I'm saying they were maybe a bit too touchy-feely. And, whereas to, nowadays, it's like, no, you're a teacher and you're a pupil. Yeah. Like, you, you don't need to touch each other. Yeah, I get that. I do understand that. But I would have thought that, you know, teaching was very different back then anyway. And it was more about, you know, you have the idea of, like, capital punishment so if you were if you were bad it was more the it was more the aggressive side yeah. of f- physicality i it just don't sit right with and me. The but fact, there's the nothing fa- said about the it the fact and... that he does it in the sheriff's office in front of police makes you think that he's obviously not that worried about yeah. it yeah but makes... then then straight after it's like you get the announcement it's like remember your principal loves you and i was yeah. like still weird fun still weird but um so they're all at the fountain this is the famous fountain scene and that this has actually struck up so many um other horror films that have tried to like base around it in fact actually scream 4 had a fountain scene but it was deleted but it was and i wish they'd kept it in because it was quite good and they're all discussing the murders so what do you think at this point um i think i think at this point it it like i'm quite numb-minded when i'm watching a film i don't i forget about what's happened in the last 10 minutes so when Stu says his alibi, I think right, it's not Stu then. Like mm. I don't, I don't question it. I don't look into it because when um, Tatum confirms it, I'm like right, well it's not Stu then. It can't be Stu. And at that point, two killers was never an option. So I was like right, it's got to be, it's got to be someone else. And what I, I don't remember if Billy had an alibi, did he? What yeah, was... he was with Sydney. He... Yeah, so they both left at some point, mm. or did it before and or whatever. So they both had alibis. So you don't rule them out, but you think oh well, who am I looking at elsewhere then? Yeah. And then. Um, looking back on it when you find out about the killer they literally Stu especially is bragging about the way he killed yeah. her and you just think it's so it was in our face the whole time and the thing is with you know obviously Sydney was Sydney was disturbed by it Tatum I could see vaguely disgusted but kind of intrigued at the same time I do like the fact that once again Wes Craven brought gender politics into it though at the beginning when they were Stu said did they ask if you like hunting and Tatum was like they didn't ask me that and then Billy says oh they asked me and it's the idea that they automatically sort of ruled out that a woman could do it. And they sort of had that little call out there. I quite like that. I appreciated that. But, um, yeah, I think Stu, Stu gets overexcited because he he does seem overexcited by the idea that he's done this. It's the bragging factor. And especially, I, I do think more than Billy, Randy winds him up to it more because he's like, did you put a liver in the mailbox? Because I heard you put a liver in the mailbox. And, it you know, that sort of boasting behaviour, he does get quite overexcited and uh he adds doesn't he uh, well i didn't kill anybody and then billy looks at him and he's like nobody said you did but that there's that glare yeah as if to say shut up see um, I, I i think that's why i was never suspect well not never suspectful of Stuart. i did have my doubts but i did about everyone but you, you expect the killer to be this mysterious like hidden in the background at all mm-hmm. times character whereas because it's so openly talk- like even like in there not until I've I rewatched it a few times. I even I didn't even know that that um, Drew was Casey was Stuart Stu's ex, which is a massive yeah. motive for someone to kill someone. Yeah. But because they're talking about it so openly and it's it doesn't the conversation just doesn't seem like it it's skips suspicious. over it, doesn't you it? You just think, oh yeah, well he had alibis. The laugh, well they're joking about it. It's not Stu. Yeah. Billy, um, Billy, yeah. I think 
purposely he's made to be a bit more mysterious and you never really know yeah he's quite enigmatic though and he is is it's the eye candy isn't it so you know it's the audience thinking yes yeah, too, too good looking to be a killer mm. even though he portrays all this serial killery behavior and i said at the beginning with uh to you i was like god skeet Ulrich is just not doing because i haven't watched it in a while and uh, Skeet, I was like, Skeet Ulrich is just not doing it for me in this role. But then I actually thought about it and I was like, no, he's doing the best thing because yeah. he is psychotic. And when when he's trying to talk with empathy and talk with emotion to Sydney, you can see that he's trying to find the right emotion and he's trying to portray it. He doesn't actually feel it. Yeah, It's just that he's searching for the right one. And I just thought, yeah, it was really interesting. And it was a really nice way to introduce Randy into the plot as well because you automatically got this right okay this guy knows what he's talking about yeah. and it did it brought in another suspect uh really really nicely randy was always low on the list for me i just but that's because i like you it was you you thought about him more but because you look so deep into it whereas i i just take a character's front and then I, that's what i go off mm. so like billy seemed mysterious and shady and the mask was found in his pocket and yeah. well the phone dropped out even you um, you went with scary movie there. <laughs> yeah, I went with scary movie there. Um, yeah, and that, whereas I just thought from the get go with Randy, I thought he said is is the geek. I thought he was the one who was he, he's going to die at some point yeah. in the film. Don't get me wrong, you know I I watch a movie like you watch a movie. The only reason that scream I go into in depth with scream is because I'm so passionate about the film. On every other horror film, it's it's nowhere near that detail. Mm. But there's so much to scream. As you'll all probably find out by the podcast because. What are we on? Uh, we're no, on like no, 32 I'm minutes the other, as well. The, the, other, the other films on. that we watch are probably be Yeah, it's not going to be, you know, it's. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to do other films, but I'm glad that this was the first one. So, anyway, the <coughs> school ends and Sydney gets the bus ride home, and we find out that Tatum's coming to pick her up after she's been to cheer practice. And so Sydney's on their own in the most gorgeous house I've ever seen. I've got serious house envy. Um, now we don't specifically actually find out what happened to Sydney for it to be so traumatic at that moment in time, but this is the first time we're clued in. So you you can do your little opening music in the cupboard bit because that was really cool. Oh yes, uh, what the the, the hint is yeah. was in there. So again, I'm not I'm not claiming that I noticed this. This is just from videos that I've watched on YouTube of people um, going in depth on things that you missed in Scream. When she first goes to goes into a house, she opens a closet and the like the words has added like a, an orchestra effect in there, just a sharp one, like as like as you'd make when someone's it's checking like, a closet. Ooh. But yeah, but at this point, no one's there's no suspicion of someone being in there, so your mind and because nothing happens after your mind forgets about it. But the where's not Wes, but these these videos I've watched. Um, Good old Wes, you're busy. Yeah, <laughs> spoke to him recently. Best mate. I haven't. He's dead. On the Ouija board. Um, <laughs> Oh, shit, he, I'm going to hell. He, she opens a door and people people think that the reason why that attack happened that night was Stu and Billy got to the house well before Sydney did and there was hiding in that closet because when... Uh, so Billy, they believe that Billy was out on the phone to her, or one of them was, outside the house looking in, speaking on the phone. And then the reason why Ghostface was in that closet wasn't because... Because the only door open at the time that anyone could have got in was when she walked out the front. Mm. And if someone was to sneak in behind her, she'd have seen him or noticed him. Or heard, heard it. it. So was, there was, there was, was someone watch. in the house all the time. And that orchestra playing that people think is because the killer's in the closet, and but she doesn't get she doesn't reach him when she goes in to put her stuff Why away. Why do you think that they waited so long? 
just because if they're gonna if they're gonna plan a killing out, it's uh, gonna be uh, in the night. They're, they're not gonna be bothered about waiting. Yeah, wake, like waiting. It's just gonna be they're gonna orchestrate it to the best of their yeah. ability. So anyway, Sydney goes back into the house and uh, she's she lays down on the sofa and she's flicking through the TV channels. And uh, this is the uh, this is actually the first time we get to find out what genuinely happened. And uh, she's flicking through and everybody's still talking about the brutal murder of uh, Casey and Steve. And she pauses on Gail. And so there's automatically sort of that tension there. She don't flick it over like every other news channel. And Gail's explaining that, you know, these murders have shocked, but this isn't the first time that this town's been used to tragedy. And she then goes into Maureen Prescott. So we find out that Maureen Prescott was brutally raped and murdered. They say brutally about 50 times in this film, but she was brutally raped and murdered and before a body was paraded through town square which i also have a problem with but we'll discuss that in later films and we uh, just just while we're on the marine rape thing because i asked about this yesterday and i'd love i'd love to get it out on the podcast oh, we... i think there's a very gray area between who killed marine prescott i think that roman like the, the, the roman the, planted the seed roman planted the seed and then billy and Stu uh killed her Ooh. but i i don't think like when because she was brutally raped and murdered Stu and Billy never had any sexual intention of raping anyone. There, there was never sexually um, abusing any of the victims, as far as we are, we're aware. So why did they do it to Maureen? And you made the point of um, because he had so much hatred for her for what she did. But then I don't think Stu would have raped her. And Billy... I don't think Stu did. But Billy's... Didn't Billy's uh, dad sleep with her? So he's, he's essentially, for lack of a better phrase, going with his dad's sloppy seconds. Yeah, but if he, and, if he raped Maureen... Then he can't have that much of a high standard anyway, because he's just doubled it to a Sydney. But I, but I don't. This is what I mean. I don't think that he raped her. No, I do. So my point is, it's a grey area. It's never comf- it, it leaves I, it open yeah, for debate. Yeah, but I do think he did because if my thing is the worst thing you can do to a woman aside from rape, from murder her is rape her. That is the worst thing you can do to a woman. It is the most heinous crime. I it it sets me right on edge, and. I think Billy hated her so much. He hated her enough to kill her daughter, even though her daughter hadn't done anything. So he, he and the thing is, Ollie, when you've got, if you say brutally raped, he did some damage. So it's not just a quick bang with Cotton Weary or Hank Loomis. Like if she was brutally raped, they did some internal damage, and that would have been shown because they go over the body. Even in the nineties, they would go over the body in an autopsy. I, I I know it's not proven and I'm not thinking it, but it is, I, I think that is just equally as disgusting as doing the murders themselves. The idea that Billy not only raped Maureen, but then slept with Sydney, fully well knowing that he had done that. And I do think he is hateful enough to do that. Stu, I completely agree. I don't think he'd have done that. But I, Billy... I, I just need evidence and the, yeah. the evidence says that they can't. They can't confirm it was. It was. But they Billy. can't not confirm that either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's open for debate. Yeah. It's not set in stone that it was. But I just think he's got that much hatred in him. He's got enough hatred to hurt Sydney, even though she's done nothing wrong. So that's my point. I know, but I think it's just from what they described. It's just it's. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see them two doing that act. I think there was there was two. The two young. The the don't. The. I just don't think I don't think that we know who killed Maureen Prescott yet, and I hope it comes out in screen five. I hope they play on it. No, um, I think I, I don't think they can. I think I think Billy and Stu did it. But as I say, it will be interesting to see where they lead that with screen five if they lead it anywhere at all. Um, but and also, may I add, 
like everybody just slut shames Maureen Prescott. You know what? I know she had an affair. I know she cheated. But we find out later on that, you know, she's been through some shit. And the, what makes me laugh is Cotton Weary gets away with it, essentially. I mean, I, I know he, he spent time in jail for uh, falsely being identified as a murderer. I get that. Hank Loomis, no repercussions. Um, What's his name? Milton, the director in three, no repercussions. And I do, I do just think, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting on the gender horse here. Yeah, but you I do, are very girl power at the minute. But I do, no, but I do think that, you know that it does need explaining and i and although i i understand that it is just a horror film there are a lot of things in there where i'm just like you know what it, it was either west craven commenting on something or explicitly showing what was going on at the time but we'll move on from that i'll stop being girl power now it's just I, it interests me um so anyway sydney falls asleep it's dark outside she wakes up tatum rings says she's going to be a little bit late she's going to pop to the video store um and then hangs up. Sydney lays back a bit just as she's going to sleep. Uh, phone rings again. She thinks it's Tatum. It's not Tatum. Are you following on from there? Yeah. Um, I, the attack, I think, was never intended to kill Sydney. Um, I think it was to plant the seed that, they're, that, that that's the final girl. That's yeah. who they're after. I, I agree. It, it, was to torment, it was to torment her. It wasn't like... I know we we she kicks um, the killer before they get the chance, but I never think that knife. Maybe it was hitting was her, but in the shoulder. Him. I don't. Yeah. I don't think their intention that that was killer. It wasn't glorified enough. They hadn't. They hadn't f- fulfilled the fantasy yet. Yeah. They needed to kill more people. Make make Sydney suffer. Just um, as a question, did when when Sydney was attacked, you'll know more than this than me. If the theory that this um, Zach Cherry came up with is legit. Which person was attacking Sydney at that point? Billy, because he strangles her. I'm sure he does. I thought he just slammed her head into the ground and then she kicked him. I'm sure he strangles her. I, either way, so either way, what whatever it is, if it was if if it was Stu, it was on Billy's orders not to kill her, and if it was Billy, Billy wouldn't have killed her, and that is because he wanted her to die on the anniversary of her mother's death. Yeah. That was very elaborately set up. And so I do agree with you that. I do think that it was done to frighten her. Regarding the... What do you think... I know we spoke about this yesterday. I, d- I don't think this is entirely relevant, but it's just clever if if it's true. Because well, when, when Billy drops that phone, um, it, it's, it was a weird angle for a pocket to fall... For, for a phone to fall out of pocket. Mm-hmm. It's a big phone. It must have been hanging by a thread onto the jeans. Or has he dropped it on purpose? Because e- either way, it worked out fine. But I'm saying, was it planned so that Billy was always going to go to jail, and then Stu was always going to ring, um, ring up and and mm. ring Sydney so that that, that so it that, made Billy look yeah. clear. But then I thought, if was it the case that that was always supposed to happen, and Billy knew he was going to go to jail, or did Billy accidentally drop the phone? Because later on in the film, when Sydney says to to Billy, who who was your one phone call? And he says, my dad, but he never answered. Mm. I think that's bullshit. He didn't want to tell who his true phone call is. But I also don't think that he rang Sydney from the police station. I think, I'd, I'd like to think the fault on the feet. Do we feet, think the that on the feet. Five is going to be the other? No, I I, th- I think it was it was Stu that rang, and I think Billy used his one phone call to ring Stu to say, you need to, to ring Sydney now. tonight and and scare her so that then now I've got an alibi saying well I was in prison when, when the phone so I think either Billy used his phone call to ring Sydney 
um, which I think he'd be risking the police station. And where did he get the voice changer from? Yeah. So he didn't ring her from prison. So he must have, he must have rang Stu with his one phone call and yeah, said, "You need to ring Sydney." But the thing is, as well, um, Sydney really had. I know we're jumping way forward, but Sydney really didn't have any right to say that she saw Sheriff Burke call his dad because Bill uh, Sydney received that phone call a lot later on that night. Yeah, and. Um, she says, I saw you, your dad called Sheriff Burke. And then she was like, and he says, yeah, but when I rang, he didn't, he didn't answer. So that ain't, that sort of implies that it was before. Mm. And it, it that bit blew me out of it. But it doesn't really matter, as I say. It's uh, it's inconspicuous details. It doesn't really matter. Um, Sydney, it makes me laugh, this scene, um, where Sydney's talking about the stereotypes of horror. And she's like, um, why do I need to watch them? It's just some big-breasted girl who can't art act who's running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door and it does make me laugh that in the end she ends up running up the yeah. stairs even that it's because she can't get out the door but it does make me laugh how she goes back on herself there and uh it's the the i'm sorry but the line when he says um do you want to die sydney your mother sure didn't and it's when she's like, fuck you, you cretin. Like, it's the best line ever done. And I do think it's really underplayed, that line. Um, do you, did you notice that in the police station, Billy's dad didn't look that convinced? When when Sheriff Burke says about him crawling through Sydney's window, maybe, he, maybe, I saw his face maybe change. Maybe he's just pissed off at the fact that he's doing he's, that. Or yeah, he's coming maybe, in. Or... Maybe he's sat there. I don't think he was questioning he thinks his son's a killer. Mm. But he might just be thinking, what the fuck have you got yourself into? Like, you're creeping through a window, you've got no alibis. Like, stuff. Maybe, maybe not thinking that he's a killer, but thinking it doesn't look good for you. Yeah. I don't, I don't think for a second that he'd, he'd have been thinking my son is the killer. Yeah. So, I mean, Billy's kept in and Sydney ends up leaving with Tatum. This is the first scene we get an actual clip from Gail Weathers. I was shocked at this when I was watching yesterday. I thought, like, I can't believe it's... Di- like, yeah. you see on the TV set in Sydney's house, but that's not... And really you see count. her briefly when she's introducing the thing. She's live at Woodsboro. Yeah. Like, you it's... can see that, but you don't actually see a proper scene from her until now. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's weird that, that it takes that long because she feels like such a big part in the film. Yeah, and it's just odd that it, it did take her so long to be in there, but... You know, she does make a big impact, and also, it's the idea that, um, it's the idea that she's so fucking horrible in it. Mm. I mean, you've got Courtney Cox being Monica in Friends, and you know, she they didn't want to give her the role because they didn't think she'd be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So my my the way I look at that scene with girl, I love her attitude. I love how much of a bitch she portrays. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> because you were like, right. You know, for re- for reviewer reference, we've just eaten a massive load of cheesy chips, and so we're all bloated now. But it's you just made me laugh the way you carried on. Right? No, sorry, carry on. It was like what? Right. Was that one of them ones? Yeah, it was like one of those. Matt. Right. So I love how much of a bitch she is. I think it it I just, it just suits opinion. her so well. Like this is what I mean by the character in this film. Like, it, yeah, so many horror films nowadays. You, you just don't feel anything for the characters. They've got, you just know that all they are is there to be killed. You either have a pure good character, or an evil character that you know is a dick. Yeah. Whereas this, like Gail, you hate her, but you also yeah. you love her at the same time. She's just. And you know, when you think about it all, Gail was right. 
like all along about yeah, everything. Yeah, she was. She was right. Why is the Woodsboro Murders not been published as a book? I would love to read that book. If I read, well, if I ever read, then I probably I can't read. <laughs> I mean, if I ever read books, if for, I ever read, if I ever read books for fun, then I probably would read it. Uh, but I'm not that guy. So yeah, there's there's this whole bitchy scene that goes down. Sydney makes it very clear that she's not happy with Gail. Gail absolutely knows it as well and plays up to it when she's like. Uh, she says something like, uh, "I'll have to, I'll have to have a look when I'll, it comes out," and she's like, "I'll send you a yeah, copy." Yeah, let me know when it comes and then out. Sydney just absolutely hooks her across the face. It's not so much Sydney's um, hitting it as Tatum's reaction afterwards. She's like, "Bet, like all I've when got on my notes on, is bam, bitch when went down, on the bed. bam, bitch, Sid, super bitch." I just quickly want to say while we're on this topic because it's the first time I was in the film. Justice for Kenny. Poor Kenny. Poor Kenny. I liked him. All he got was ripped the shit out the, of. The, 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 the cameraman in Scream 2, like, he was Joel. Fun. He was so funny, funny. But I just feel like Kenny was just like, he's just shit. He, he turns up for work, wants to get paid, go home and just enjoy himself. Like, it was, yeah, he, he, was, was just he had there. nothing to do with the plot, but he got his throat slit. So. When it was like, when the killer was basically ringing him all, and he was just like, we go get some donuts and I'm just going to yeah. go, <laughs> you have a minute. But yeah, Kenny, bless him, he got so much stick in that film. And, yeah, you can't imagine Monica from Friends saying that. And she just completely did a 180 with her acting. And it really paid off. I love Gail Withers. I'll be really... I'll be... In Scream 5, I'll be more upset if she dies than I would if Dewey died. And I like Dewey, but he's just a knob. He's just incapable. No, I prefer prefer Dewey. But I think that's why he might get killed off more. Um, Um, Yeah, so I wrote in the notes, I've just put, like, Gail Weathers knows her shit. She's just soulless. She's just got no conscience She's a journalist. Journalists can't have morals. But she knows knows what she's talking about. And, as I say, I would love to read her novel. So, anyway, it comes to the next day. And they're all going to school. It turns out that, actually, Billy was released because the cell phones didn't match up and there'd been no caller ID. So... I forgot to mention, way back at... Just because you said the cell phone's been released... Um, where is it? When the first bedroom scene, when Billy climbs through the window, yeah, yeah, that that the videos I've watched reckon that's when that is the night when because it's the last time Sydney saw her dad, and later on in the film when they say that isn't something about the the cell that the cellular the, 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 was closed, yeah, to to Neil's number, yeah. So they reckon that that's when they took him. They took him that night, like Billy. Billy came in to so distract. We never Billy, made it to Billy the came airport. in to distract Sydney. So after her dad left and Billy came back out, Stuart, yeah, that's when Stu... Oh, that's quite clever, yeah. actually. So, yeah, that, like I said, it's one of them things when it's like, it's only speculation, but it's... Yeah, it, it makes sense. It, yeah, it could happen. It could have been the reason when. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so the, school. Yeah, he get, yeah, gets released. Um, Sydney's pretty upset about it. Um, they're heading to school. There's a bit of an altercation again between Sydney and Gail, and we find out more about their past and why they're so conflicted. Because what I like about Scream 1, 2, 3 and 4, Sydney and Gail are never friends. Yeah. That it's very there's a mutual respect there, but they're not besties. And I like that. And it's the idea, see you know, um the backstory about Cotton Weary and how Gail actually supported him through it and she's uh, taken his statement numerous times, it's not changed a word and you know, Gail's to be fair to herself, Gail is quite professional there and she's saying I, f- I think you're falsely identified and yes. Yeah, Ga- Gail but, was just a good reporter and she was a journalist yeah. and if it weren't her it would have been someone else, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the, the reason why I said they didn't dislike her was because 
she saw it from a victim's point of view where someone's profiting off the story of my mum, mm-hmm. whereas Gail's, a, repo- Gail's a reporter, yeah. it's a job. So you can understand both sides of the story. Yeah, and she is, she's power hungry, so... But, you know, there's not really any resolving from the either of them. And it never really gets resolved in the either of the films. And I, I quite like that. So we get to the school. Um, there's a conversation between the lockers. And all I wrote was, kids are dicks in this film. Like, you know, I work, I, I've said it again. I work with teenagers. If something traumatic happened like that, that would not happen. Like, but the fact that these two kids... Well, it's you only see one kid at the time just running down with that ghost face mask. I was like, "You ass, you absolute ass!" And then there's the ghost face in the bathroom, which we were discussing. Yeah, that's. Oh no, wait, go be- before that. You've got Billy and Sydney's conversation. Oh yeah, before she was off. That's a really important. It's point. important, but I just think it's. I think it's a bit drawn out. But do you not think so? But you said you like when I was go when I went all girl power on you. You were saying you know he didn't. It, it, there's no blackmail there. There's no. He was a good guy, blah blah. But then, he's like, uh, I'd my girlfriend would rather be a psycho than uh, accuse me as being a psycho than touch me. And then but goes when, on to say, but when he says touch me, I don't think he's referring to necessarily just sexual because I think like he goes to grab her and she like scours away. So I think it's more like he I, won't yeah, physically be in contact. But with I, me. I do think there's it a, could go either there's way. There's a second meaning to it, and it's the idea as well. He literally says, and this is where Billy for the minus the exorcist quote. When he's like, you know, exorcist thought of you. This is where Billy shows his psychotic side because he said, you know, when uh, it's been a year when my mum left, you know, I just got over it. That's the way it is. And he doesn't make that difference between the fact that she is never going to see her mother again. And, you know, he doesn't make that contrast. And, you know, you can see it in Sydney's face. She cannot literally comprehend what he is saying because it is that stupid. Uh at the same time, they've just got to take into account. I'm not defending Billy because what he does say is bang out of order. But um, when you're that age, you, yeah, you are 16, very na- you are very 17. naive as to you think about yourself and not yeah, I not what that. other people yeah, are going through. It's still wrong what he said. Yeah. So yeah, we get to the bathroom scene. Um, God, those girls are so horrible. It that, literally that's, that's, kills me. But yeah, that's, that's realistic. Real, yeah, that's what that's what. I mean, not just the, girls, the that's comments what, that's what, maybe not, but actually that, yeah, that's the bitchiness. What, of, that's what people are like. People yeah. talk. And they've got um, right, they've got right stuff. They didn't know Sydney was in there, and they are going to speculate stuff. But it, it the, the way, way that she was it's a classic bitch cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all. That's and, a reason you know, why. But I did. I just felt you know you know when you just you hear like if if, if you put kids in a seating plan and then like there's a kid sitting down and then you put the kid next to him and they go um, oh god not him or not her and you that you look at that kid and you just feel that they're so crushed yeah. like that's how Sydney felt and it was just like the idea that. She was listening to all those bad things. The problem is, she she didn't actually do anything wrong ever. Sydney Sydney is an innocent party, and but just everybody gossip, just hands it? on it from like, Marine. Woodsboro was a quiet town. Yeah, and something like that happening is going to be the talk of the and town it for really, a long time. It really, it it hurts me watching that. I really get quite upset about it. But anyway, they leave, and uh, Sydney sort of comes out, wipes her tears, and as she's wiping her tears and sort of stuff out, she hears a whisper. And I said this to you because you didn't notice it this for, uh, until then. And I was like, somebody whispers a name. And then obviously she looks under, the like, the feet come down, the cloak comes down over it. And then you've got Ghostface jumping out. See, we was debating this last night on whether or not <clears throat> it that that is Billy or Stu or if that's just a prank. And I, on, the, on the reviews that I listed on YouTube, and it was all, we believe this is just a prank. 
And it's 50-50 because it, Ghostface, from what we saw, didn't have a knife on him. He doesn't yeah. have one in his it, hands. It just looks like he's grabbing at but her. But at, at the same time, like, was someone waiting in that toilet all day for Sydney to come in to prank him? Yeah, like, but, but then it could have just been a case of capitalising. But it was a, it was a, it was a bloke who whispers Sydney. Yeah. It's a, it's a man's voice. Yeah. So, like, it could be Billy or Stu. It could be a prank. If it's a prank, you, you're gambling a lot on the fact that she even goes yeah. to that specific bathroom at that time. And you've also got the point that, you know, that we if we're speculating correctly, you know, Sydney's attack at the house was one to scare yeah, it her. could just so be one to shake her So was it another again? one to yeah. shake her up? And I, I do, I, part, like, when I was watching it last night and I was thinking about this probably more than I was any of the other points... And I was thinking, actually, yeah, that could very clearly be Billy or Stu just trying to scare at Stu more than Billy. I'd like to look back on that scene and look at the robe because the I think the robes that the students were wearing when they were running through the hall, they were, they were very they were thin cheaper. and like They're like the ones you'd actually get from a shop when yeah. you buy a ghost face costume. Whereas the one that the killer actually wears, it's quite thick and it's it's got material to it. It's glitter. It looks glittery. And the thing about a prank is you do it so everybody can see it. Yeah. Like, Sydney was alone in that bathroom. Like, there wasn't anything going on there but yeah i do think that it, it was done to frighten her and i remember eight-year-old me watching this for the first time and i remember turning around and being like well obviously the killer's a girl and my dad was like right why and i went because they're in the girl's bathroom and boys out loud <laughs> in the girl's bathroom that is literally all i thought but yeah it's uh it's speculation but i do think it was stew more than it was billy because billy wouldn't have been able to catch up with her and work around at that time so whether it was like a routine thing, we'll just but, never know if, yeah. if it was. We'll a never prank know, or not. and but we it's can't not, ask. It's not important to the story. It's just we kind might end up having to do a weird So it's only for continuity freaks, uh, not yeah. not freaks, but people who like to everything Me. to make sense. Me. Um. So we've we've gone through that. So Sydney comes uh, back out again. <laughs> we get this scene between Dewey and Gail, and this was the girl swallows. Yeah, that's where just... they're all flirt. She's fake flirting with him, and he's fake flirting back. And I just wonder, you know, I've literally put in my notes: How did Dewey ever actually manage to get this job? And it is it's Wes Craven playing on the fact that and Kevin Williamson because he wrote it, playing on the fact that in most films, the the cops, the police are just inept. They're not, you know, they're not suited. Yeah, they're not the supposed job. to have characters. Yes. Yeah. So I can understand that, but it is quite funny. Um, so then we get Vaughn's, the principal, Himbry, um, and he's uh, in his office and he's wearing the screen mask. That was always a little bit creepy to me as well. Like, it, it's that, maybe the idea that we've all got a killer inside us sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, I'd I'd I think I'd have put it on yeah. did, just to see what it looked, because that, it only just recently, it was after the attack on Sydney mm-hmm. at a house when it was like, this is the, the fact. So yeah, they showed maybe it. just point it on having a look at it. Like, I don't I don't think out of it. And you can tell that his death's about to come up because so at that point you think it's not him. Like, because you know, you know, he's alone. Like, yeah. you think, right. The well, way you went at those two lads as well, like with the scissors. Yeah, the that, that made me think a little bit like, whoa, like, he's yeah, a bit, he's a bit hands on. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's death. I love the the Wes Craven cameo oh. with with, Fred, with the nightmare. What uh, did you call play. me? Not you, Fred. <laughs> that was really yeah. Cool. I, li- I like little like little Easter eggs in a film. I and the fact that you know Freddy like Krueger was a janitor at a school as well. I, I just like how that was uh, that was played in there. Um, little f- fun fact: it's not a shout. It's behind the scene facts, but I did tell you this yesterday. Uh, 
when Himbury actually exits his office, his window pane blind yeah. is open, and then when he comes back in, it's shut. Now, I didn't know that until like I'd re- watched like a hundred theory videos on it, but it, you know, that was just like a little, little implication that the killer was already in there, it's, and that was cool. It's good continuity again. It's it's nicely done. Yeah, it's it's not leaving anything to the imagination. Thinking, oh, like there's there's just no. The killer went behind there, shut the blinds, yeah, and it makes sense. It just, it just yeah, because if he walked through, we'd be able to see him straight away. Yeah, like so if, they, if they forgot to turn, shut the blinds, even though I doubt they would, but mistakes happen in movies, and and it's that happened quite frequently. Yeah. But it, it it just made sense. It was a good kill. I enjoyed it. Was it was a good kill, and it was. It, and I was talking about the cinematography, the way that they call it ghost face eye. It is. Yeah. Ghost face very good mask in his very, pupil. Very I just, I think that's one of the most underrated shots of the film, and it, I, I it was really using some that. of the promotional stuff. I think. I think it was using some yeah, posters and stuff. It's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So then we move on to this is a bit you like Sydney and Tatum are having a chat. Yes, in this, the garden. See on this. The porch. This is. So you're, I know you're not the biggest fan of this. Whereas it's stuff like this that makes horrors for me. I like. I don't like cheap jump scares, as I stated on the the introduction episode. I, uh, I think a film that builds up the right suspense can make you jump, which is fine because they're building up suspense for for a climax of you jumping. But I think when a film's just like like silent and then there's a big la- big big noise and then there's something flashes on your screen like the, the thing that scares the most like the thing that creeps me out more than anything is is it, it when ghostface walks across the the bushes um and then again in the store even though the store one is a little bit like well why are you Far-fetched, wearing a full costume yeah. in the store that one around. i'm a little bit more uh, come on like not like at least make because it's in daylight in yeah, the broad of daylight, day, yeah. busy the supermarket's full of yeah, people but like when he's going through the woods and that, and it, it it makes you feel so isolated. Like for fuck's sake, they're always there. There's always like the killer's always watching. Never like gives them you, a break. yeah, that that it makes they don't know it, but you feel isolated, thinking yeah, they could get him at any point. Like it makes you feel unsafe, which is what I like. Yeah, I mean, I I it's not that I dislike this scene. It's not, and it's not. It, I don't dislike it at all. For one, you know, I'm propping Tatum here. Like she is the friend that everybody needs. She's not. She doesn't suck up to Sydney. She doesn't. You know, she sympathises to a certain extent, but even she tries to sort of say to maybe maybe your mum was just an unhappy mm. and lonely woman. And, you know, she's very honest with her, and I really like that about her character. Rose McGowan played her very well. See, I don't, I'm not a fan of Tatum. See, I quite like her. And But the, the behind-the-scenes thing, uh, when um, Ghostface is watching him in the forest, I like that if it's the idea that it's Roman who's watching them. Like I yeah, think because it pulls it back to the idea that he was always watching, he was always filming. It's another one of them though where it's 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 left to your imagination, which is good Definitely. in a film. Not everything should be black and white. It's good for fans to be able to to speculate and create theories. Yeah. Um so then we've got the idea so they're they're um they're going to head off to the supermarket. We completely missed something, uh, because of the attack in the bathroom on Sydney, the principal and the police like conversed and they discussed a nationwide curfew well nationwide jesus christ it's, it's because it's a pandemic happening um a town curfew on woodsboro and also they got to leave school early as a result of it so Stu's planned this big party and sydney manages to get persuaded to come and they're going to get food and stuff so um we're taken to the video star scene and this is probably one of my favorite scenes so what is it's a very good because when you know they're the killers you're like Obviously, it's them. Like, look at the way the 
the menacing with like the playing with the food essentially they yeah. know they're going to kill it's Randy it's pack mentality isn't it yeah, it's, but, it's like vultures but because it's because at the time it's so in your face you think it can't be yeah. them what because is the point so, in this film it's if so it is obvious them. it's them so it can't be them and that that's a risky game to play because if you, if you get if you get to the point where you've got to oversell it to them that it's probably going to be them because if you if you don't sell it enough then you just be like yeah it's them where yeah. you've got an oversell it to the point where you think it's so obvious it's them but he makes it so obvious in the sense where he doesn't really put him at the scene of a crime or in a really suspicious spot. He does with Billy, but he gets cleared out. He does it in the mannerisms of where the mm. character's at, which is good. It, 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 do, it doesn't. You don't. You don't feel like he's just tried to, like, make you see stuff to make you think. He lets you decide, and then yeah. you, you think there's no way it can be them, um, which, which fooled. I'd, I'd imagine a lot of the audience, like a lot of the people who watch film. I just love the, it. it it's. The fact that Stu is so very easy to wind Randy up, and it just makes me laugh the way that Randy loses his head and is like, "They'll probably find the father." When it is like something, something, eyes gouged out, teeth knocked out, and then Stu sort of like, and Matthew, I, I literally just put in my notes Matthew Lillard's facial expressions in this scene are everything. His facial expressions throughout the film, he is, he is hilarious, but like, I wonder, terrifyingly like, hilarious. Like, I wonder, like, when he's behind Randy and he starts playing with Zelo, but was that in the script or no, did he just I decide to start so. doing that? It is, you said em- playing with your food, he, that's, he em- that's what he's doing. He embraced the character, didn't he? He definitely did, and the, you know, we finally get the we finally get the confrontation between Randy and Billy and Stu. Billy comes up and pretty much says, well, why are you accusing me? And we see, we do see fear in Randy then because he's talking about the fact, you know, well, yeah, I, I, I'd be the biggest suspect. You know, if I was looking at this, I would be, I would be the biggest suspect. And I think at this point, though, it's fear of being chinned, not fear of all what. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely fear, fear of, of being up, beaten get, up. And it's, uh, it's just what it is. So, yeah, then we get the... Um, random scene in the supermarket and we we talk about and this is where i see the manipulation of billy starting to work on sydney because then she starts sort of reciting what he's saying so she's saying you know he's been so good to me what sort of person would put up with a girl who's sexually anorexic yeah somebody who actually likes you sydney and who'd actually wait for you but you know she's a kid at this point she's 16 she doesn't know any better so we cut to the party and (laughs) <laughs> this this always makes me chuckle so you've got uh, they all come in uh, with food and everything like that um then Sydney, uh, Dewey and Gail managed to get together outside the thing why Dewey's sending them to a party I have no idea sending who he, he drives them to the party oh yeah because a little pushover brother and yeah. he's, he's portrayed throughout the film at Tatum Tatum tells him what lead. to do like calls him out in front of yeah. all his, his colleagues friends and... makes him laugh so yeah but uh, they end up getting together, and it's when they walk in, and uh, Deputy Dewey like takes this <laughs> bloody beer bottle off his kid, yeah. and he's like, "What are you doing?" That is like, "I'm just joking. Have a good time." See, Dewey, Dewey plays such an important role in this movie, and he's comedic, but it's not like he never ruins the atmosphere of the movie. Like a lot of horror films nowadays, try and be, they, they try and be too comedic and too scary at the same time. Yeah. And it, and it, it ruins it for you. It, it ruins the atmosphere. Like, yeah. like in in I know we're not onto it yet, but in Halloween the remake, that little kid who's being babysitting. Oh, he's so. It's just funny. a breath of fresh air. It's still you're still yeah. scared. But it's com- but that, it's relief. It's just yeah. A that's bit how of... like Dewey's. He's not trying to be funny. It's just the way his character yeah. is makes you laugh. And David Arquette does a really good job. I do like David Arquette. Um, but we go through and the you know they're looking at horror films and the big the next big scene is Tatum's final scene isn't it so she goes downstairs gets some beers after 
Stu tells her he wants another beer. So she goes down to get beers for him. Uh, she goes down there. I uh, never realised that it was Stu who sent her down. Does yeah. she not say, do you want one? Or does Stu actually say to her? No, Stu says, uh, get me another beer. And she's like, what, am I the beer wench? And then she like goes up and goes downstairs. Never noticed. Yeah, that. so she she uh, flicks the light switch, but actually it's the garage door. So we know that the garage door lifts yeah. and then uh, de-escalates back down. And she gets the light switch, picks out the beer bottles, um, goes to the door, it's locked. And then tries figures out, all right, okay, I'll just open the garage door and then I'll go around the front again. Uh, but as she's going there, it This, this is where the origin of Ghostface started. It is, the very first it. time. And I think it's the... Is it one of the only... One of the only times it's actually mentioned? I can't Did think of being called Ghostface can't. again. I'm sure it's maybe... Maybe Scream 4 yeah. they mention it because they're talking about stabbers in yeah. the movie Stabbing Ghostface there. But... Actually, yeah, I think it is one of the only times. One of the only, if not the well, it only. It falls off the tongue a lot better than Father of Death, which is, yeah. is that what he was meant to be called yeah. originally? Because that was a costume. Ooh, it? Mr. Father of Death, please yeah. don't kill me. So, yeah, so uh, she puts the... She turns around because the garage door starts shutting again. And who is there but Ghostface? So, and her attitude, really? Her attitude towards me at the start. Who does she think it is? Uh... It's Randy, isn't it? She yeah. says, cut it out, Randy. If Sydney sees a costume, she'll flip. Yeah. So, yeah, she thinks it's Randy. Um, she goes up to him. She's really not bothered. Randy She's gets got... the blame for a lot. He thought it was yeah. Randy ringing him at, from Sydney's house. house. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it does point towards Randy, doesn't it? But um, she comes up to him and she's like, you know, cut it, Casper. That's, chill out, you know, just stop it now. And even when he brings the knife out, she's like, oh, play psycho killer, a helpless victim, yeah. please Mr. Ghostface. And then he sort of grabs her arm and she realises it's not joking and it's only when he slices her arm yeah, she, does she, she panic and she on. knows. Yeah, it was a good kill. I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was a creative kill. I think in every horror film there's got to be like, whether it's Michael Myers or like Jason or any any film, mm. there's got to be a kill that's just not your stereotypical Yeah, it goes habit. out there a little bit. Yeah, and th this one I think's fine. Like I, I remember hearing a review and saying that's unrealistic, but it's not... It's not so unrealistic to the point where you think that'll never happen. Yeah. Like, it could have happened. It could happen. Like, you the, hear about freak accidents. There'd probably be a safety system that would stop something like that from. But this is a film we're yeah, talking for about. For the sake it. of it. And it was, like I said, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. It doesn't make you think like that's never ever going to happen in a million years. Yeah. Like, it could have just been a shit garage door that just didn't have a yeah. safety system on it. And she, yeah. she's not the biggest person in the world, so it, it, she wouldn't have yeah, weighed she's that only much. Tiny. And yeah, so she. Uh, there's a big fight that ensues. You know what? I, you, we might not be you might not be a fan of Tatum, but she uh, she definitely fights for her life. I mean, Ghostface gets a couple of bottles to the gonads, and and that that is Billy who killed killed her. We think yeah, Billy killed her. We think, and it's weird because he's clumsy in that scene. Like he he gets bottles thrown at him, and then he he goes to to stab her near the stairs and yeah. flies over it. Well, presumably, although we don't see Stu around because this the scene predominantly focuses on Tatum. Um. Stu, we presume, is still with Randy and everybody inside yeah. the party because he's the host. It's, it's, to be fair, that's probably the only kill in the film where, because you, it, she doesn't get stabbed, so you don't you don't know no. whose style of stabbing it was. Yeah. And it could have been Stu. It's more likely to be Billy, but that's one yeah. that. And we had a um, we had Eloise, who's our youngest sister. Um, we had her watching it with us last night. Shout out Eloise, and she she said she was like, oh come on, you know that that's not. You, you know, would that really happen? And she was. 
she was talking about the idea like you know if billy had if he'd been hit that hard surely that he'd, he'd have gone down and you know what yeah he might have but actually does it really matter for this scene it was a good kill um it was really sad I, i'm pretty sure i'd I don't confirm, I'd have to watch it with subtitles on, but I am pretty sure the last thing that Tatum shouts for is a mum, and that really does make me quite sad. Um, but So we've got the idea, so Tatum's now dead, we're all done and gone. Um, I don't actually remind, um, oh yeah, I, this is actually quite important, I forgot about this bit. We were talking about the music choices. Oh yeah. And uh, obviously, presumably before Billy and Sydney meet up again and bang in the room, um, they would qualify as not being in a relationship. She did sort of accuse him of yeah. trying to murder her. And the song playing in the background is Drop Dead Gorgeous. And it's, I know my ex-boyfriend lies. Oh, he does it all the time. It's just his permanent disguise. Yeah, yeah, but he's Drop Dead Gorgeous. And it, the little things, and I don't know whether it's deliberate or not. That's but it's got to be I, deliberate. And it's the idea that actually throughout this whole film there's a subliminal message and a very explicit message as well. Billy is the killer. Because we've got to remember as well, we didn't think there were two killers. Like, it's unheard, two killers it was unheard is, of back then. Yeah, and two killers is not a common thing. So, you know, I mean, Roman's the only one killer in the third film. And then you've got two for the rest of them. But so there, there wasn't going to be two in the third one. Though. Yeah, there were. And the, there's, the, there's only one scene in the film which doesn't match up with that, and that is the the trip back to Woodborough House because there's two killers in that scene. There has to be. Yeah, they are running around very quickly. The script, like they one, find that he's in like, like the sack the, and the, stuff like that. The chuck, like she locks him out and then he's at the window behind. There was two killers yeah. in that film. So but it was good. It was, an, it was a decent scene. Well, we can get to that when we get to it. So we've got the idea that now Tatum's dead, which is. Which is a shame. So then Billy reappears at the window. He looks very flustered, doesn't he? He's sort of just like he's not standing at the door. Yeah. He sort of like swings to the door, doesn't he? So he's not, you know, he he's, don't look like he's walked up to the door. Yeah. He's come from the side he, of the and house, and he doesn't look very calm and composed either. He looks quite breathless, quite not quite as put together. And Sydney sort of she's waiting for Tatum because they're supposed to leave, and uh, they end up going upstairs together to try and sort things out, and. Uh, God, this bit, oh, this bit breaks me because he, you know whether or not Billy raped Marine or not, the fact that she's sitting there and she's apologising for the fact that she didn't want to sleep with him because her mother died, like it just shows how much of a hold he had on her. And I know you don't believe that he he was pressuring her in that way, but it's the idea that you know now she's apologising. Don't get me wrong, I, he was he was pressured, but it wasn't every te- every teenage boy wants to lose his virginity at some point. And I don't, I don't think he was forceful. There was pressure, but he wasn't forceful. And I think if, he, if say, if in a different dimension in this film, he never turned out to be a killer. He, he had nothing to do with it. Like you won't think he was a bad person. Like he's not. You'd think mm. he was a bit like uh, maybe not be like that. But especially back in them times, it, it's yeah. nowhere near as it was. It was lo- excusable. Yeah. Now we call it out because it's very, it's very different. And it like he never shouted at her for not doing. It. I know yeah. he pressured her, but. Um, it's only because we know he's a killer and we know what he's yeah, supposedly exactly. done that makes you think you you awful person. Yeah, and you know, but the fact that she's sitting there and I, I am watch I'm I'm rewatching it and then reviewing it now as a person who knows a lot about the film. But it is it is it's sad that she's sitting there and apologising for the death of my mum. Sorry that I haven't slept with you because my mum's traumatic death did it. I'm really self and she does, she says I've been so selfish. Yeah. And, you know, at this point he's quite we sort of get the side of Billy that is quite soft and comforting. And I think that is the most emotion he expresses in the whole film. And as even then he's searching for it. Like when he gets, when he gets stabbed, that I did 
quotation, yeah. what is it, whatever. Yeah, we've talked about that she um, thinks that the extra phone call, so yeah. Yeah, the, the extra phone call that we, we've spoken about, but then I felt bad for Billy when he got stabbed because I bought it. I was fucking hook, line and sink and I was yeah. like, it wasn't it. Because we didn't think there were two yeah. killers, and then so. I, I was like, oh my God, like, I think he's a dickhead and he's not. Turns out he is, but it, like, that 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 was such a shock factor. Yeah. Um, And like we said, at, at times... Because most horrors before this were like, yeah, your Freddy's, your, your Mike Myers. There's never, there's never, like, faking deaths wasn't a thing because you were either dead or you yeah, wasn't. So you're it's not. so unexpected for him to have survived that. And he, he, yeah. you can see when he gets stabbed now, he grabs a knife. So it looks like it's going yeah. in him. Turns around, looks dead, drops to the yeah. floor. Because I said to you, I was like, uh, I, and I'd never noticed it before, but I was like, Ghostface put the blood on the knife because the knife was yeah. clean when he came off and he wiped it, but he actually wiped it the other way so blood was smeared onto it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's quite clever. I didn't notice that before. So he goes he goes over to Sid. He, well, he chases her. She manages to get around the other way. Now, this is the first proper obvious thing that actually, yeah, it's due. He knows the layout of that house back to front. She's running down another set of stairs and he's already coming around the back because he knows exactly where he's going. Once you know Stu is a killer, you put two and two together, but at the time you, you don't yeah. think that. You don't think... You oh, automatically assume killers house, just well. know where they're yeah. going. Um, but, so Sydney climbs out the window. She's she's begging for help. She's uh, climbing out the window. Ghostface grabs her and then sort of like lets her go. She falls back. Thankfully, there is a very mercifully placed boat cover that with, she falls onto magically that doesn't last do time much. I checked boats made out of wood and that would fucking hurt landed on that exactly but then we, I, I said to you at the time it happened it, it because at this point it's definitely Stu chasing her because yeah. Billy's just Billy's dead killed. yeah not um, dead, dead yeah and I think Billy would have been fucking furious if he'd have killed Sydney then oh gotcha because accidents all, happen because for all Stu knew like he, she could have broken neck like yeah. broken she, back yeah and then like I know it was never gonna because it's cinema and it, everything's a story, but that'd have been fucking game over. Can like, you imagine? Oh, killed her oh, now. Right. Like there was no God, it, because they all they always wanted Sydney to know the motive. Exactly. They what, to say, well, they wanted to, Billy did. Yeah, they wanted to brag about how how good they are and yeah. how slick they are. And that's the idea of a psychopath: the idea that they bragged about it. And it was you know you're completely right. So Sydney sort of like falls off the boat uh, cover, like sort of stumbles up, stands up, looks up to see if he's still there but he's gone and then sort of her attention focuses in and she sees Tatum dead and but you know it, I think that's the most you know what I think she's she was more emotional about seeing Tatum than she was Billy yeah and uh, so she runs off and I'm not quite sure where she goes next Billy Gail and Dewey Gail's planted a camera while they were going in Gail and Dewey are now out on a walk and then Sydney runs off to the camera van. Yes, that's it. So yeah. Gail and Dewey are on a walk. Um, Sydney goes off to the camper van. Camper van, um, and also Randy is surrounded with like a small group yeah, here. And, and then he goes. The phone call comes and in. then he's like, you know, you can't ignore the rules. And then he's like, you don't know the rules. So can't have sex. Can't drink. can't do drink or can't drink or do drugs. And never ever ever say so I'll be right, right back because you won't be back. Okay, so it's the idea that you break these rules and you're gone. And this, Randy makes me laugh in this. He's so cool. But um, they're all chasing each other around. So Dewey, uh, they get a phone call 
saying Billy, that... I'd imagine it was Billy that rang up. Yeah, there's a phone call. Well, it could have been anybody that found his body on the... Uh, no, apparently that it was... Mind you, it had it, to be specifically it was, dogs. Yeah, that they planted it on the on a field and it would have been pitch black so no one could see it. And they rang that in so everyone would leave. So everybody they, would they, leave. they timed yeah. it yeah. themselves. Yeah, fair point, fair point. So... Principal Himmer's dead. The two boys that he got expelled were there, so obviously they were straight out in the car. Dewey and Gail are on the walk, flirting. It's all cute. And you actually, at this point, I you know, I sort of see, like, actually maybe Gail quite do, does yeah, quite I, like I him. Agree. There is some at, genuine at start, affection you can tell there. She's like, she wants a story from a police officer. Yeah, but, but she yeah, develops feelings, feeling definitely. And uh, they the keep walking, and then the car comes up speeding down, doesn't it? And then he tries to get him to stop. They end up rolling off into a grass grass pitch. They kiss a little bit. And then sort of Gail tilts her head to the side. Car. And it's Neil Prescott's car. That and makes so them head back. They head back. And then we back. don't see them again till... Do not see Dewey again until he's stabbed, do yeah. we? Yeah. And so we, we, see, we see Gail, but that's later on. So Sydney goes into the camera van. She my favourite scene. Go on, you can take this, this one This is by far, my, it is an unreal piece of film. When they're, they're, in, the, they're in the camera van, Sydney's been uh, chased out. She says, the killer's in there, the killer's in there. And then uh, Kevin, Kevin? Kevin? What's his name? Kenny. Kenny. Fucking hell. <laughs> leave, leave that in. Kenny. Ke- Kevin. Kenny, Kenny is, is like, well, I've got a camera set up. Blah blah blah, and then you see you see Randy on the sofa, like in time with the killer approaching him. He's going, um, look behind. He's you. going, look behind you, look behind you. I can't remember who holds a knife like what because one of them holds it with both hands above the head, yeah, and one of them holds it just in in one hand. But it doesn't really matter. But so Ghostface is approaching him, and I said to you, "What is it that made Ghostface suddenly turn around?" Yeah, stu- Sydney screamed. Sydney screamed. Yeah, help. Um, so. He turns around and he, he, Kenny's like, behind you, behind you. Um, and then he, he looks around and he's like, there's a 30 second delay. Get, the... Gets out, looks around back at the camera, like a 30 second delay. Turns back around, throat slit. That, so many films in today's age try and abuse technology. Yeah. And they try and make technology more than what it actually is yeah. like. Scream 3 did. Yeah, they try, yeah, like that, that voice changer. And it's like, don't like... There's plenty of you don't things in technology that. that can make that can have effect. Yeah. And a thirty second delay, especially back in them days, that is it's what would have common. happened. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not... how it's how it would even today you can't you can't get a yeah. like if you watch a live stream, there's always gonna be a delay. It can't yeah. be it can't be bang on in time. Yeah. And I, I just think the way the way it's played out and it's it's a sick killer, like a throat slit. Um and the, ju- yeah, it's fact... just so like jaw dropping that, that scene, yeah. Yeah. And the fact is as well, um it is it is very briefly mentioned uh, when Gail and Kenny are checking out the camera together. Um, it's like, oh, it, there's a delay. It's not live. And she's like, oh, how long is it? And he's like, what, about 30 seconds? Yeah. And so it very briefly mentioned, but because you For caught up in it, the tension is, of the scene. Which is good. And it, yeah, exactly. You, you forget about it. You forget it. about this delay until he turns around and yeah. the door's open. Just a little, not quite a fun fact, but quite a funny thing. It's one of them like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah, like, when and then you, you realise when he's like, yeah. 30 second delay, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God, but where's Ghostface? But the quite a little funny thing, just to add on to your um, Randy being like, look behind you. Like, he's laid there, like, pissed at his face, you know, don't drink or do drugs. Uh, but he's absolutely smashed and he's laid there and he's like, look behind you. And he's like, Jamie, Jamie, look behind you. And the actor is called Jamie Kennedy. Oh, and yeah. he's referring to Jamie Lee Curtis, so yeah. he's saying Jamie look behind you with Jamie Kennedy with Ghostface behind him. And I just thought, oh, that's yeah, absolutely meta, genius. That's what it's about. It's very clever. And I did really like that. So Kenny's throat slit. 
Um, he drops to the floor. He turns to Sydney, drops to the floor. She looks at Ghostface, absolutely manages to kick out like a back thing and squeezes through it. Now that is my ultimate nightmare. Having somebody, you, yours is the stairs. Mine is trying to get through like a tight space yeah. with somebody very close behind you. And she manage it, manages it just. Um, then she runs into the field. Yeah, she runs into the field. Like she does Yeah, and at this time, there's like a bit of a space, but then Gail comes back. Dewey opens the door, knife in back. No, 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 not yet. Um, Gail comes back, and she, she's looking for Kenny. She steps in all the red blood, and then she gets in the car and she goes to ring the police but then she turns the wipers on and there's blood smearing across the window screen no she, I, I'm, I'm sure no it's she sees the blood goes to the door Dewey's stabbing ghost face no, chases her no, to the no Sydney sees Dewey stabbed Gail doesn't Gail Gail gets in the car rings 911 and then Randy oh, disturbs yeah, the, her and she smacks him chase, with the phone ghost face chases Sydney to the police car yeah yeah, that's so right. it's so she goes. So Gail's panicking because she doesn't actually know what's happened. There's just blood all over her windscreen. Yeah. She smacks Randy with the phone so it distracts her from ringing the police properly. Decides to start driving off. Um, and as obviously she jerks around a corner, Keddie's body's at the top of the camera, uh, the camera van. So it swings down. And bless him, even in death, she's still abusing Kenny yeah, mercilessly. She just, mercilessly. She just fucking gets it all. Um, she's like, I'm sorry, Kenny, but you know, get off my windshield. Uh, gets him curbed off to the side and starts driving, but because she's speeding so quickly, um, Nev Campbell, Sydney's character, she jumps in the middle of the road. She's like, help me, somebody help me. And because it's too late to break, Gail swerves in a yeah. panic, goes through the gate into a field, straight into a tree, which in realistic terms, 99.9% .9 would have probably killed but her. But something in film, you've got to... Yeah, you've got to believe that she was not dead, but out the film for now. Which yeah. Which is what it did. There's no, the thing is, you, there's usually a final point. If you see a character <laughs> murdered, usually you think the murder, but Billy changes that because he's mm. not actually murdered. So... Sydney manages to get back to the house. She sees the police van, sees that Dewey must still be there. So she's calling out for Dewey. Dewey stumbles out and says, Sid, and then drops to the floor. And Which was I believe... originally supposed to be his death. Yeah. And, I'm glad it wasn't. And Ghostface is behind Dewey. Yeah, he steps out. Yeah, he steps out from behind. Him. So he walks forward. She gets into the police van. She's in a complete and utter panic. Um... She locks both doors, this bit I really like. Yeah, so she locks both scene. doors and then Ghostface sort of pops up behind her and just dangles the keys. Dangles the keys. Disappears. Then I like Goes what I like first boot. is the doors unlock again. And so she's slamming the door oh, locks yeah, back yeah. down again and she's ringing the police on that. She's got the police on the radio and she's like, please, somebody is trying to kill me. Ghostface is already lifting up the trunk of the car, yeah. the boot, climbs in, tries to kill her, strangle as well, may I add once again. Mm. Um... She manages to get out of the car and sort of runs forward. Uh, Ghostface is nowhere to be seen for the moment, so she looks around completely confused, gets to the front door, Stu and Randy appear. And uh, they've both got blood on their hands and they're both accusing each other of God knows what, of murdering who. At this point, I still didn't know. I didn't... And it obviously no, had me to neither. Be, it had to be one of Stu and Randy, or it could have been Stu and Randy. Yeah. Because at this point we still and Billy's out the game. Billy was dead. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the idea that, um, so you know, Stu and Randy are like crying out at each other. 
and screaming and what i love about Sid, this is what makes her the best final girl she looks at them both she doesn't try to be the hero she's just like fuck you both and slams the door shut yeah. and that's exactly the right move she does ruin it however when billy comes stumbling downstairs he's you know he he, he falls down him and she's helping him up and he, he's all helpless and he's like give me the gun she hands over the gun she hands over a weapon and i know she's scared but, you know, she's done pretty well so far. You keep hold of that gun, girl. At this point, though, she thinks he's been stabbed and you think he's not a killer. He's yeah. just been stabbed. You, you, I, I don't think that was a bad move on her part. Um, yeah, I don't, I, think, I don't, I don't think, fault her for it. I don't think but... at the time, because she didn't know the killers were, she wouldn't have it in to kill anyone if she had to. Yeah, definitely. And, she thought, Billy and if she's seen Stu and Randy, yeah. like, they're both her friends, I suppose, in a certain And she way. only thinks there's one killer. They're pointing at each other, so she thinks one of those two is the killer. So, so Billy she, sort Bill, of... Manages to, yeah. Billy sort of manages to coax open the door. Randy flies through, and you know he's like, "Stu's gone mad. He's killing everyone." Billy then turns around. We all go a little mad sometimes. Shoots Randy. Randy's on the floor, and that is when everything sort of shifts. And that's when you are officially into that final scene. One, yeah, one thing that I, I, I cannot say that it's disappointing because. The, the 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 reveal is perfect but I love an unmasking I love a mask to be taken yeah. off but then at the same time I wouldn't change the way that it's been done that yeah. final bit because yeah. it keeps you guessing till the very very last minute yeah because Sydney wasn't going to be able to give the gun to a mask ghost face so it's mm. the only way it could have been done properly and effectively so you know I, I appreciate that and um, then so they, they get her into the kitchen uh, well actually they don't she tries to run into the kitchen she realises exactly what's happened and uh, she bumps into Stu, who uses the voice changer, and then it's revealed Stu and Billy are the killers. Um, how did you feel at that reveal? Do you remember like the first time you watched it? And I I loved it. I thought I thought fair fair play. Well, the first time I watched it, when you think back at it, like because in, in you're in the moment when you watch film for the first time, but then after you like fucking fair play. Like I didn't I didn't think it it was them. Um, they were still in my. They were mad suspicious, but definitely. But so was a lot of other people by this point. Um, it was a great reveal. The way the way Stu acts, even when he's been caught, you just think he's a fucking psycho. But he's not. Yeah. But he's he's still level headed. He's just a psych. Like mm. he's literally like the one to, to think it's a movie, which is why yeah. it's so meta and so good. And that's all Billy talks about his movies. Like yeah. I would, we argued yeah, Billy's his, movie his, knowledge was probably greater than Randy's. Like, he names uh, the blood that they used in Carrie. Yeah, pigs, Carrie? yeah corn Carrie. syrup. Yeah, just like they used in Carrie. Um, he quotes. He says, "Psycho too." Is psycho. It? When they're about to have sex and. He's like, it's just a movie. It's all one big yeah, movie. Yeah, The Exorcist yeah. is, is a massive horror he fan. He is. He's a massive horror fan. Goes unnoticed. It does because Randy's so obvious at being a horror fan that yeah. Billy's goes unnoticed. So you've got... Uh, they, they reveal what's going ha- going to happen. They bring... um, Before they bring out Sydney's dad and obviously say they're going to blame him, they're, they're sort of like... Sydney's like, why? Why did you kill my mother? And... They're like, why, why? And, you know, Stu's, Stu's like, giggling. He thinks he's having a great yeah, time. Yeah, I remember you pointing this out. And then Billy day. looks and he's like, your slutbag mother fucked my father and that's the reason that my mum abandoned me. Yeah. And you can just see Stu's face drop. He knew uh, nothing. He yeah, did not I, know I, that. That makes me wonder what what was what did Stu think Billy's motive was for Sydney in particular? 
maybe just a frigid part, the fact that she wouldn't yeah, have sex she wouldn't with have him. Sex with them. Maybe it was just sexual frustration, that's what he thought. Because you, like you said, he did not know that that's, that's why his mum left his dad. Yeah. Um, so there must have been something. But then again, Stu... Like, I know it's, it's... I think Stu it's, is just quite unstable. It's quite funny when he says peer pressure, but it is yeah. it is partly true. Yeah, I you mean, feel like he Billy was, just was a yes definitely... Man do whatever Billy wants. Billy was definitely leading the whole pack. I mean, there is, weirdly... And, I, you know, when I first saw this, I was like, nah. But actually, the way that Stu wraps his arms around Billy and, like, is very close to him, it there's almost, like, a sexual element to it for him. And it, I, don't, I don't for the one scary minute movie think... scary picked up on it, didn't they? yeah. And it is, it's it's almost, it's a very sexual sort of element for Stu. So whether it was repression from homosexuality is once again the idea of speculation. We don't know that, we don't, we don't. So I don't buy into it, that. No, I don't buy into it. But I can see that there is some sort of spark there with him. And it's, it is very interesting to watch. But Stu says, okay, we've got one more, got one more surprise for you. Brings out Neil Prescott. They plan to blame him for absolutely everything. Uh, and tell him to go crazy and things like that. You brought up the question yesterday, why did they not just kill him immediately? Like, why Why did they have to pause and wait and do things like that? Why did they not yeah, just... Yeah, you'd think they just... Sydney's there, she's going to watch his dad die. Yeah. Just get it done there and then. Yeah. But then, at the same time, if they've put, gone through all this effort to, to make their own horror film in their own minds, um, they want to save her every last oh, minute. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know how much you've watched Scream 4, but when but Trevor, Jill's ex-boyfriend, is tied up very similarly to the way Neil... He's wearing the same outfit. Was tied up. Yeah, and he's wearing the same outfit. Yeah, the same outfit. And she kills him straight away, so it's almost correcting yeah. what was done wrong in the first one. And so anyway, the um, they're, they're about to kill her. They're, they're nearly there, and then Gail Weathers... Comes to up. nearly save the day. Yeah, after they've stabbed each thing. other. Oh yeah, that was it. Why would they stab each other without doing the deed first, then stabbing each yeah, other? Yeah, that's what I said. I thought you think they get all the, the graft done yeah, and then stab each other. Stab, and then stab each other. But maybe again it was a bragging thing in front of Sydney, like look at how fucking yeah, look crazy how, we yeah, are. Like look, look at how, how much we, we fought this through. Um and I don't think Stu was expecting Billy to go to town as much as he did on him. Yeah. Um, but they are we've got to remember as clever and as deep as they are, they are psychopaths to go through all this. So Yeah. And that they are, they obviously do love stabbing people, so maybe they've yeah. got a bit knife happy. And the thing is as well, you know what, I, I do think Stu Stu was psychotic, definitely. Billy psychotic, but Billy had a motive. Stu was very keen to plan a sequel, but actually I don't know whether Billy would have carried on after he'd finished with Sydney. There'd have been no need. Yeah, and I do. I genuinely do feel that, and I don't think Billy had. I don't think Billy cared about Stu. I think Bill, uh, Stu was just collateral damage. Yeah, there was no. You know, he was the Billy. Master. Billy couldn't have done it alone. No, so he needed somebody to enlist, and Stu obviously. And maybe was that's why. Victim. That's another reason why Casey was the first killer to get Stu really on board, like because maybe she maybe if they'd have said, "Oh, we're going to murder." Um, randy first mm. it'd have been like well i don't i don't really have a problem with it yeah but then once you're one man deep and you've killed someone well one woman you're deep, in it you're in it you're together in it now. yeah you, you've, he's got dirt on him now <laughs> we're all in this together um but yeah it's the idea that uh so gail comes through doesn't she um does a little speech about the journalist left for dead and she's holding the gun up and you can see the glint in billy's eye because he's seen that the safety's yeah. on and he's just coming closer and closer she clicks it it doesn't work he i think he boots it doesn't he uh does something yeah but by this point you know he's distracted by he's, he's about to kill gail 
because she's fallen back against Dewey. And then Stu's like, shit. And then that distracts Billy and he turns. Sydney and Neil are both gone. So they're both out of the picture. Yeah, we said this. Neil's a bit of a strange one. Like, where the fuck's he gone? Mm. Like, and it, it, Sydney hasn't moved. Yeah. I mean, if Sydney... Sydney had managed to grab a knife or something and cut him, then I could understand, cut it open. But, even but he's then, still tied up. And yeah, Neil would have done something if he got untied. His daughter's about to be yeah. killed. It'd have fucking, it'd have been two on two yeah. then. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, maybe that's just the one continuity error in this film that you just think yeah. they've just slipped up on that yeah. one thing. Yeah, because Neil looks pretty beat up as well. It's yeah, not that he's it, just been... It, he must have been... He's, so how long did... Was it? Did it play out over like twenty four? Was it twenty four hours or forty eight hours? It, well, yeah, it wasn't long. So we'll call it two, three days. Yeah. You know, and so I'm not. They wouldn't have treated him very well. Treated no. him very well, would they? That no. so it'll have been, you know, no food, no what. He'll have been weak, tired, beaten up, and you know he wouldn't have been able to get up that quickly. But I mean, essentially, maybe he rolled away. Yeah. Adrenaline as well, I suppose. If you're adrenaline, it, it, if you are it could going have to rolled die, along your side, if you was tied yeah. up still, if you've got a gun pressed to your face, you will get up very fucking quickly. But I think we're really trying to give the film and Bennett of the doubt. Yeah, I think they just yeah, did not. Really it was think a continuity that. They just didn't, error. It didn't, was just didn't not. Think that bit through. So, um, Sydney and Neil have both disappeared, and then they get a phone call. Now, by this point. Stu is very weak. Stu smashes a phone call. I'll just say that now. Oh, yeah. His acting on there is just... Um, I just love that Billy threw the phone at him and he wasn't supposed to throw the phone at him and Matt Lillard's uh, response was, he hit me with the phone, dick! And that was a genuine response. It's just... uh, you you don't think of him as Matthew Matthew really yeah. you think of him as Stuart yeah uh, he, that that's what Stu that's a character yeah. but he he just owned it yeah I mean um, Eloise... I feel like there's a lot of people who could have played Billy although although they, they actually did, yes, a, they did a really good. they did a really good role but it just took a, a, a hard looking yeah shady fucker Mysterious. to play it yeah. <laughs> hard looking shady fucker yeah just someone that's who's maybe what he enlisted like, what, in yeah, the like, auditions like, what what what's he, what's he about yeah. whereas Stuart like Stu you needed someone who was just we're just looking for a short mysterious shady fucker yeah that's what we're so many people who could have played that it, yeah he still played it well no, t- yeah i'm not taking credit away from him but he did a good Stuart, job Stuart, stew that like the character in it, it was in individual the script, he yeah. changed the yeah character. The, the character wasn't meant to be that that um characteristic yeah you won't have that man have that much, much about of a personality him, but, but matthew lillard embraced that yeah and, and, took it and i mean you know what scream three was going to be very different and columbine happened unfortunately for all those that lost their lives and are traumatised by it. But I think, still in regards to this, if Columbine had happened before Scream happened, I don't think we'd have the film as no. we had it today because it's the idea of two killers, two males killing... School, school at kids. School, school killing. And it's, you know, it, it's awful, but I can understand why they did change it for Scream yeah. 3. So they're, they're kicking off. Matt Lillard's dying. You can see it. He's, you know, he's bloody. There's blood coming out of his mouth. He's been hit too hard. Billy is in an absolute rage. He's tearing things up because he's got the phone on her now and he's like, where are you? I'm going to kill you. The roles are reversed, which was good. It made it, The hunter became yeah. hunted, which was a, a good feeling for the audience, I think. Watching it, you thought, go on, Sid. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, he, he gets an inkling that she's in the closet and that's the, you know, it's it once again, it's sort of roles reversed because he was in the closet, him and Stu were in the closet. Yeah. Uh, when Sydney was first attacked and he's sort of he's going towards the closet but he sort of gets distracted and his love for movies is is undoing because he's watching Halloween as he's opening it and he gets distracted and it's mimicking what's happening in the film and Sydney obviously goes in gets in with an umbrella hits him with an umbrella again poor Skeet Ulrich had 
heart surgery open heart surgery and that inflamed null scar the second time she punctured his chest that is literally him crying out for real and falling to the ground it, well it was I was going to say good acting but it wasn't acting it, it was, was genuine pain in, in fucking agony I don't blame him it must have battered um, he, he's laid down we think he's sort of out for the count now don't we uh, then Stu comes running at her like at, from where he gets this sudden burst of energy I have no idea but he comes absolutely flying for her um, they have a fight. They have a tussle. She, you he gets, know, he gets a TV. Treatment, yeah, she sure. she drops a TV on him. That's a little nod to a Nightmare on Elm Street. Not that you'd know because you haven't watched it. But it's a nod like to I've the Dream. Clip. It's a nod to the Dream Warriors because Freddy comes out of the TV and he says, yeah, "Welcome to prime time, bitch." And then she gets a hedge thrown into the TV. Matt Lillard gets electrocuted by it. Um, so then that's the end of Stew. We think everything's all right we think everything's fine and then billy comes back up for more uh, tries to strangle sydney just like as we mentioned before and he says say hello to your mother and then gail gail finally does in. the deed gail turns the safety off she's like guess left the safety off this time you bastard i love that bit uh we assume matt lillard's dead then randy pops up uh, sorry, yeah. not Matt Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, Billy's character's dead. Randy pops up and, you know, they thought he was dead and he's like, I probably should be. Um, this bit I quite like as well. I know it's a little bit cringy and cheesy, but I do enjoy it where they're all three staring at Billy's dead body and he's like, careful. You know, in horror movies, yeah, the killer always comes, comes back, back for one last scare. And but the, the film is mad. Oh, you got, yeah. You got it was, I love it. I love that bit. And he leaps up, Sydney shoots him in the head and says, not in my movie. And... That's really the top and bottom of the film. I mean... Gail does the report. Gail does the report. Dewey's found alive, which is good because originally he actually yeah. died in it, but he was such a fan favourite they had to reshoot and change. And, it, you know, that's the that's the end of the story. But I do like at the end of the film you get like a brief flash of ghost face as yeah. the film blacks out. So it's sort of like the idea of it's, it's not all over. It's not the end. And then... Echo plays Whisper to a Scream, and that is one of my favourite songs ever covered. So we've overrun a little bit. We normally right. we're, we're going to aim for about an hour each episode, but obviously this one was always going to be a bit longer because we this is our favourite, my joint first favourite, but Charlotte's favourite horror film. So and yeah. we've we've watched. We'll obviously do research on other films and try and find out a um, little bit like behind the scenes and like improvised and little. Little fun facts, but it'll be nowhere near as in depth just because we both really enjoy this film. And you know, you know what? Um, two two horror broadcast mentioned. So, uh, the Horror Virgins, who I absolutely adore, oh, I love them all. Yeah, right. the Horror Virgin podcast. They run for eighty seven minutes at a time, and you know what? I absolutely love their podcast. Same with the Paranormal Chicks, um, How to Survive a Horror Movie. There's loads of them, and they run for about this time. So I'm not so bothered. As long as you guys didn't get bored with us, that's fine. But we've got my segment now. So this is Charlotte's Fun Facts. I have been waiting for this for ages. So some of them we've gone over. So I'm going to briefly open. So I'm going to make you guess. uh, How much did it take to make Scream in dollars? Uh, The budget was 15 million, wasn't it? You twat. Yes. <laughs> felt, felt the first fucking hurdle. I'd do my <laughs> research. You weren't supposed to. That's the point. I've, I've, you know for the past Shut week I've been watching them. Right, um, okay, so how much did it make worldwide? 
Was it 75 million? Was it about 70? Was it? No, it wasn't. It was 173 million. Oh, you see where I got the 75 bit from? Yeah, sort of, I suppose. And it was the highest grossing horror film in the world, only taken over by Halloween in 2018. So that's when it got taken over. Um, So we've talked about this one before, but it's just a nice fact to, not a nice fact to know, but a good fact to know. Um, To get Drew Barrymore in the mood for the absolute hysterical crime panicking scenes, Wes Craven will talk to her before um, emotionally distressing her with uh, ideas about animal abuse and how dogs have been burnt alive and stuff like that to get a reaction from her. A little bit I didn't know from you. I added. Go on then. uh, In the the scene where um, Casey is stood out on the patio looking in, uh, Ghostface turns around, smashes the window, grabs her, and Casey hits Ghostface in the face with a phone. That is Wes Craven wearing the mask because um, that was Casey's, um, well, Drew Barrymore's kind of like uh, redemption. Wes said, I'll wear the mask and you can hit me in it. For everything I've told you. And she does. And I didn't know that, so that was really interesting. In the original script, uh, in one of the most original costumes, Ghostface wore a white robe. Oh, yeah, I knew that. White robe and white face. Shut up, Olivia. Just act surprised. That's what they do on Fox. No, because now I feel like you're lying to me. Right, so. Uh, Dewey actually died in the screenplay but was brought back because Wes had a feeling he'd be liked. Um, it was par- This film was partially inspired by the Gainesville Ripper in Florida who murdered five students over the uh, span of four days. Wes Craven was listening to a documentary about it and he was in the house on his own and he was so scared that he grabbed a phone and a knife and that's where the original idea started to play out. Uh, the cast were never allowed to see Ghostface, the voice, Rochelle Jackson on set. Many of them only actually met him for the first time at Scream 4 at a horror convention. So that was actually the first time a lot of them had met. Uh, I remember, I've watched it actually the first time they met because Nev Campbell kept giving this guy weird looks and he was on stage. And it was only when he was introduced as the voice of Ghostface, <laughs> Nev was like, oh, it's nice to put a name to a face. And it it was really good to quite hear, a vo- I suppose, a face to a voice, really. Um, another tip. Uh, another tip was that Tatum actually kept falling out of the doggy door. Many people said she wouldn't have been able to get through that. It's very unrealistic. Actually, she couldn't stay in it because she was so slender. Yeah. So they had to staple her in from the inside. So she was actually stapled to the door at some point. And I was looking out for it in the film, and there are certain corners that are just not shown. And I bet that's where she was stapled, which is quite interesting. And then my last one is in the finale where Sydney stabs Billy, it's open heart surgery, and I've told you that. But that was my fun fact for the episode. I had so more, but I felt like we'd go on long enough, so I just cut it short. Well, we didn't do it last episode, so I've got to do it this episode. Okay. The Would You Rather. So this is going to be posted to the Facebook group as well, and if you come and join us, I'll post the link, and you can join our Facebook community. So the question, would you rather kill someone... Mm-hmm. and get away with it nobody ever knows it's an innocent person mm, or okay. would you rather not kill someone but be charged for it so you're going to spend your life in prison everyone including your family your friends they believe you they did are going to think you killed someone but you'll know deep down i didn't do it but you will be you do will i be. have to answer now or do i answer next week or uh, i feel like answering now will be good answer now as, as selfish as it's going to sound i'll probably kill someone i think i would because what's the point in like you know what for my moral conscience maybe and to be fair i, I, I have a good if, if my conscience. if my family and, and my my partner Loved and, uh, thought i was a killer i may as well be dead yeah because that 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 i'd just be like 
Yeah. Like, what what the fuck? And the like, thing is, as doing? well, if you're blamed for a murder that you didn't do, that means that the killer's still out there. So actually, it's, it's really posing the question, is one life worth more mm. than five or ten before the person's caught? And that's a very... That's what you tell yourself after you fucking stuck a knife in someone's head. That's what I'm thinking about mentally. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what I'm going with. So we would like to know your answer. Um, we've just started up a Facebook group. I'll repeat it again. If you just search in the bar, creeping it in the family. I forgot our name. <laughs> I was like, oh God, what is it? Creeping it in the family. We are also on Instagram at creeping it in the family. Um, so it's just the exact same name as the podcast we are now available on apple Podcasts because we've been confirmed we're also on google podcasts and we are obviously on spotify that's our primary usage uh stick around for thursday because oliver will be telling us an urban legend so that'll be quite interesting not tomorrow a week tomorrow well we're posting this out for monday so it'll be thursday next week yeah, but we're recording this on yeah, Wednesday we're, today. But we're not. But it'll go out on Monday. Oh, yeah. So it'll be Thursday. Oh, you yeah, are such a hell, prick, yeah. Leave honestly. that in. <laughs> That's Leave just that worth in. it that, in itself. Make, if, if, we're recording if, on if, Wednesday, if guys. If Miss Brown's still listening, she'll be pissing herself. She's just going to be like, what an idiot. Um. So, yeah, we you will see new content on Thursday as well. Oliver is going to be telling me an urban legend that I'm not going to be researching, knowing about or anything. It's going to be a complete surprise. And I'll even lie if I know what it is anyway and say I'm surprised. Um, so that is all from us, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hope you enjoyed and we'll see you Thursday. Bye.